Um, we got a smash your trash, a big hit song to open the show with today. So I want you to give us a call whether you think this is a smash or a trash. We don't normally play a lot of music on this song, but this is a single that dropped from our uh, movie critic for the show, Mr. Paul F. O. Now, the song itself is a little jazzier, a little bluesier than you would expect in today's age. You know, uh, this electronic dance music age. Yeah. But we feel very, very strongly about Paul's talent and that he may find an audience with this. So give us a call at 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And tell us whether you think this song is a smash or a trash. Get there from here. It's time to go. Time to go. It's time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. How do I go? How do I go? Where and where and Get there from here. Gotta get there. Gotta get there. Gotta get there from here. I gotta get there. I gotta get there. I don't know why, but I don't know. I gotta go. I gotta go.
That's the big bang, uh, big band sound of Mr. Paulo. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the way, there's also a poll that's just went up on the iBang Smasher Trash. And right now, it is Smash Leading Trash. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's uh, Paul in Long Island. You're on the Run Fest Show. Uh, you got a fucking hit on your hands, Ronnie Day. It does seem like, yeah. I was worried it was a little bit too much of a 1940 sound, but people just seem to be going crazy for it. That song stunk. It was nothing but repeating. The video is even worse. I thought I was going to have an epileptic seizure watching his out-of-focus ladybug. That song is trash. Trash it, people. Well, you don't like music, Fuzz. You're not a big music fan. Chris Stanley, what do you think? Smash, smash, smash. Like Kai the Hitchhiker, smash. Could you see this uh, being big in the club scene? Oh, uh, Without a doubt. I mean, this remix is abound off this thing, the original version. And mm. it has a beautiful music video. You don't like the ladybug? It, it speaks to everyone. I couldn't see this being big in a kennel club. Dogs would turn on this. Well, don't act like we're better than dogs, Fez. They have better hearing than we do. Uh, here's Bill. Bill, you're on the Run Fest show. Ron and Fez, happy Friday. Yeah. Fez, um, was Paulo practicing this in your apartment? That may be why your heat's turned off. It's so fucking terrible. I thought it was a radio shark call. All right, here's uh, Garth in Indiana. Hey, Paulo, if you're listening, hang yourself, man. That shit is crap. Turn yeah. it. So you're saying no. Don't like it. Dude, uh, embarrassing. All right, here's Cigars and Scotch. Just a polo everywhere I go. People know the life I'm wasting. Every day is full of strife. Killed my first wife. Ooh, this song is stinking. Trash. Oh, okay. So trash. Last second. I mean, he seemed very, very positive. And then the last second, he went with trash. Jason, smash your trash. Trash. What the hell was that? I thought you guys were just talking over music. Music, okay, but what the hell is that singing? Nomad, smash your trash. Fucking trash. I'd rather listen to Hanson. Uh, Ronnie, smash your trash. Trash. That was garbage. Brad, in Florida, smash your trash. Trash only because David Lee Roth's going to sue him for copyright infringement. Um, it looks like we're going about 50-50 on the smash your trash right now. I think the trash is overwhelming on this. Too close to call. Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. For once, I agree with Fez. Trash. Um, let's go over to somebody who knows the music industry itself, Mr. Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny. Bop, mosey, mosey, bop, zitty trash. Oh, jeez. Thank you, Johnny. Jeez. Not going so well for Paul O. feel bad for him right now. There's no need to encourage this kind of behavior. Rob in Philly. Hey, yeah, uh, I honestly shit out something better than that on the toilet this morning. That All right, horrible. so smash? Oh, it was horrible. Okay. Well, he didn't say smash your trash, so he doesn't get his vote doesn't count. Uh, hi, smash your trash. Uh, trash. I definitely agree with says This guy sounds like he's got a bladder problem. He does, and so what? Uh, D, uh, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Well, hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. I don't know who this is. I'll move on to Nick in Philly. Nick, go ahead. Garbage, man. That's some old bat water shit. 
Okay, again, you didn't say smash or trash, so your trash. your vote will not count. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Maybe they're just not used to the sound yet, you know? Maybe they don't have the sound down. Let's just play a little more for them. It's time to go. You gotta also pay attention to lyrics. It's time to go. He's saying it's time to go. Over and over. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's got to go. Because it's time to go. Now the big question, why? He doesn't understand. Do you understand where he is here? The existentialism that's taking place? And the fact that he can't get there from here. You know? I mean, in a way, we're all that ladybug. Um, here's Darren. Darren, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, it's great. I smell a new intro to the show. This could possibly be not only the new intro, but the outro to the show. It's perfect. This could be our new closing time. Um, John in Tampa, you're on the Run of Fez show. I love it. Smash. Smash, loving it in a big way. Mitchell, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B, million and change. Yeah. Paul O, more like Paul No. Smash that shit. All right, smash. All right. Okay, perfect. He's confused. Trash is bad. Smash is good. I'm sorry, but if you went into the voting booth and accidentally wrote in the name Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon would get the vote, Fez. You have to understand how to how to vote properly. And it's smash or trash. Now, one thing we can all agree on. The intro that we have now is too old school for us. This new show was going off in different fucking directions. Son of a bitch, Hank Azaria wants to do this show. Yesterday, Johnny Legs is spending an hour in here with his fans. All right, we got to stop nickel and diamond shit. We need a big intro song, and it could be I Gotta Go by Paul O. Yeah. Gotta get there from here. He's got to get there. Uh, if you go over and look at the ladybug, this beautiful kind of a Spike Jones ladybug that's going on, symbolic fez of life, mortality, and the journey that each of us is on. Um, Peter should step in for abuse of this ladybug by having this song sung to it. Peter should do something about your breath because you smell like old chicken. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this song. You know what? You don't need chicken wings, but the wing, but the chickens do. Dig that. I just saw that today um, in Times Square. Just a giant sign. You don't need the. You don't need chicken wings, but this chicken does. And I said, first of all, you don't know me. I do need chicken wings. And a lot of them for this game coming up. I don't feel bad for the chicken or the blue cheese. Alright? Fucking worried right now. I got a lot of fucking money on this. I'm betting against my heart this week. I'm not betting with the teams I want to win. I'm betting with the t teams I believe are going to win. Ken in Michigan, where are you on the smash or trash? Oh, smash, right? It's like uh, the first time you heard the Beatles or uh, Led Zeppelin. Uh, Jay, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, 
sure, Doyle. That sounds like a number one hit tune, all right. Okay. I'm loving what you're saying, Jay. Smash is now overtaking trash. Uh, Lumpy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Around these parts, people call me Miss Cross. Hey, uh, Ronnie, I think you got to snatch that up. You're absolutely right. Before that gets uh, big, it's going to be the big next big uh, smash for big cash. Um, and, Fezzy, I just think that the reason you don't like this one is all part of that thing with Paul O that you can't admit that you like him. Yeah, that you maybe you were more than like him, are in love with him. Here's some of the ah. people wrote in. Was that Galo's voice in the background? I think Paul just sent the world's first suicide note in a song. There is something that some people have been saying is a ghost-like sound. Yeah. In the middle bridge, in the middle eight there. Uh, Peachy said, worst song I've ever heard. And I've heard that Bound 2 song by Kanye West. Uh-huh, honey. That's the greatest song ever. Greatest video, too. Bob, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, somehow, Fez, you hate Paul more than you hate Mikey D, Black People, and Gays. Absolute smash. It's a great song. It speaks volumes. It's everybody's life. It is true that is, for the first time ever, it feels like a song unites us. I'd go so far to call it an anthem. It speaks volumes of the same phrase over and over again. It's like a headache. Yes. The music. But isn't life just the same day over and over again? You get up in the morning, you put on the same gay shirt with no fucking payoff. You know what I mean? You forget to trim your mustache. You got your hands in your pockets. You're wondering where to go with the bit. That's life. This is the grind. It's time to go. We got to get there. That would be the fucking perfect title for the album. This is the grind. Maybe even this is the grind. You're stuck, motherfucker. I mean, to me, when I hear this song, I think to myself, yes, there is a God, but he has no mercy. These are God's words. There is a God, and he's got his knee in your back while you're trying to get up. Thank you, Paul L. Tim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I didn't like it at first, but the more you played it, the more soothing it got. Can yeah. you play it some more? Sure. I'll play it every time I'm mad at the listeners. Tom in Toronto, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I initially hated it, and then I smoked a big fatty, and then I saw the light, and then it's a smash. You know what? I forgot to tell people that people in Colorado are going to like this song more than most states. This helps with a little weed issue. Uh, Mona, you're on the Run of Fest show. Good morning. I'm not a big Paulo fan. As a matter of fact, I can't stand it, but I like the song. Beauty. Thank you. Watch the video. It'll change your life. Sponge Steve says, uh, it's the next Call Me Maybe. Um, Cooch wants it to be his new ringtone. Regulator says, it's right up there with the great minimalist songs. Like Oh Yeah by Yellow and Surfing Bird by the Trashmen. Perfect. Uh, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie V, uh, it's a complete smash. When was the last time Fez did anything for the show? At least Paul O is doing stuff. Paul O loves Fez. He travels to see him. And this is the thanks he gets? What kind of friend is it? This is the thanks we get? A song that sounds like a drill in the temple? (laughs) Is anybody trying to call Paul right now as we speak? Yeah, they're on it. Can't do it, huh? Can't be reached? 
Doesn't seem to be. I don't think he picked up. Maybe he's said everything he needs to say in this song. Maybe he's in session, you know, just trying to, you know, get bang some more stuff out. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> I know he loves to write. He has a muse right now. I guess it's this ladybug. Sure. I think he's born to run for a new generation. Polo's become the voice of a generation. Maybe, really, maybe every generation. I'd like to be his Dave Marsh, where I actually write the books about his life. Oh, there's a lot there, too. Is there? At least one for every wife. I don't think anything interesting happened until this song. When are we playing the new game show with you, Chris? Is that coming up next break? That's coming up next break, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, hell yeah. Fez, you really haven't gotten into anything in a while, and you ought to learn from Polo. I have something coming up on the show. How about coming up right now? Follow along. Yeah, it's this is a piece I've put together... If there was a world where corporate mascots completely disappeared, what celebrities could instantly step in for them? So we have, um, this is what I put together. If you had Team Coco, Conan O'Brien stepping in for Cocoa Puffs, Sonny from Cocoa Puffs. They actually not only look alike, they act alike. And they have the same name alike. Yeah, this is a perfect matchup. These are the celebrity endorsers that these companies need to get because they are perfect matches for those corporate mascots. Look at Andrew Luck. Geico could save money by making Andrew Luck the new Geico caveman. He does look like Geico the caveman. (laughs) It's a perfect match. He needs maybe a little bit longer hair, but they look exactly alike. If you put Andrew Luck at one of his press conferences, you would stop and say, Oh, am I watching one of those Geico caveman commercials? And would you be right? I would be wrong, but Geico needs to fix that and make it correct. Okay. By the way, these comparison pictures are all up on the iBank. It reminds you of the twin pictures of people that aren't the unrelated twins that went up last week on the internets. Yeah, these are perfect doppelgangers. Exact matches. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Morris the Cat. Did you ever run into a doppelganger before? Uh, No, I haven't. One time I was at a fucking concert years ago, and I was high as a fucking kite flying off the back of a kite. And I had a fucking pair of, like, field glasses. And I looked down and I saw a dude who looked just fucking like me. <laughs> and it was the weirdest shit ever. That's gotta be weird. In Austin, when I went down to South by Southwest, my chick found a guy in a bar that looked exactly like me. Dude, if your chick is interested, all she gotta do is look at the emails people send me. <laughs> Anyone with long hair who's drinking. <laughs> uh, you, Fez, on the co- uh, constant doppelgangers... And, of course, Eastside Dave McDonald. It's just, people just love the... My my doppelgangers are out there. I kind of want to just kill them. Just so that there's only one of me. Why don't you just form an army, and why don't you just think things and then make it happen? That's not bad. Jay-Z has one. 
And it's a cartoon smoking camel. Yeah, that one made its rounds a couple years ago. And it's a perfect match. Yeah, it's dead on. But then the camel also looks like it has a dick for the nose. But yeah, cock and balls. If you want to have Jimmy Johnson, former NFL coach, selling Keebler cookies, yeah, put a red cap on him, and that man is Ernie Keebler. Hmm. This one I find absolutely amazing. It is dead on. The Pillsbury Doughboy and Paula Dean. I never saw that before. You put them side by side, but they yeah. even have the same eyes. Yeah, when you their eyes are just as big. She's a you know she's a chef just like him. Is he a chef or a baker? Well, he's a baker, but he has a chef's hat on. Are you called a chef when you're a baker? I think so. Yeah. So this one is perfect. The giant eyes, everything, the smile. I bet she even giggles if you poked her in her belly. Oh, I wouldn't do that. She's a racist. This could be her big comeback. I remember that from everyone attacking her. Yeah, you haven't seen her since. No. No, her uh, son said she's getting ready to make a comeback. Mm. I thought he was just saying she's getting ready to make. Here's uh, Little John and Chester Cheetah from Cheetos. You would not have to pay a graphic artist to make a mascot. Just get Little John from Celebrity Apprentice. I hate to say, but that's not where he's from. He did do it. (laughs) I think that's where everyone knows him from. Mm. I'm starting to think we're getting a little racist now. Uh, Swanson in New York. Says, I like your idea, but the problem is when you have something like the... um, like the Geico caveman. Mm-hmm. You can't then have a man come in dressed like a caveman and then say, oh, well, that's the new mascot. I mean, that's what the mascot is right now. It's a guy that kind of looks like a caveman. This is saving Geico all kinds of money on a makeup artist. They that, just bring in Andrew Luck in a suit and tie. A world where, uh, where corporate mascots completely disappeared. He's just, the new, he's just the new corporate mascot. He just doesn't have to put makeup on. Think Andrew That's Luck what I'm would, saying. I think Andrew Luck would make more than the makeup artist. I mean, I'm not a salary expert or anything. But. So you, what you're saying is it might be a little more expensive to have Andrew Luck in your commercials than putting fucking makeup on an unknown guy. By the way, Chris Stanley, furious with that room today. <laughs> what is going, what's happening? I hear phones going off. We had a little technical problems today. Other phones. Can I just tell you something, Chris, that yeah. might chill you out? Yeah. You got to get there from here. You got to get there from here. You got to go. You got to go. It's time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. How do I go? Am I crazy? Or does this song keep getting better? Where? It's somehow getting more redundant. It's getting worse. Trash that on the iBang. There's a poll. That's not fair to tell people how to vote. Let them vote their own way. Elton John in his pink blazer. That's the Energizer Bunny. Well, what are you going to do about the fact that he always doesn't wear a pink blazer? Oh, he would. He would as the new Energizer spokesmodel. Adrian Brody, perfect to sell Fruit Loops as Toucan Sam. Anti-Semitic. Interchangeable. Anti-Semitic. Ah. 
Look at Locke from Lost. Why are we just zip ripping through these? Okay, Locke and Lost. He's bald-headed, so put him next to Mr. Clean. No, I mean, there's a lot of bald-headed guys, but Locke is Mr. Clean. Maybe I'd get it if you screamed louder. Well, this is one of my favorites. Charlie Rose, when he had a black eye. Mm-hmm. He's perfect for Spuds McKenzie. Well, it's current. Uh, and I never knew that um, Charlie Rose was with a black guy. No, black eye. Yeah, that's what I said. thought he was straight. Although he is single and far past the age that he should be. <laughs> and then if they had corporate sponsorships at the end... Uh, back in uh, Civil War days. Look, Abe Lincoln is Mr. Peanut. Because he's wearing a top hat? Yeah, but he still looks like Mr. Peanut. Because of the top hat. Put either one of them in Hicks's Yankees cat. <laughs> and Affleck made a huge mistake by getting rid of Gilbert Gottfried. Because he could have stepped in and played the duck. They didn't even need a duck. Gilbert Gottfried looks just like the duck. That's all up on the interrobang.com. Uh, Victor, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, it's a smash, and I think uh, Bruno Mars should uh, do a cover uh, during the Super Bowl. You know, Bruno Mars, uh, I think, is going to shock everybody. Um, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, what up? Hey, the, the Paulo song is definitely a smash. And I gotta say, the, the new female intern, I forget her name, she answers the phone so good. Like, she sounds so happy to be there. She's the complete opposite of that biatch uh, Catholic Sam. Let me so, just, um, yeah. Let me just tell you, it's funny for Catholic Sam from two years ago to take a rip. <laughs> but our new intern is just adorable. Norice. That's why I put up a safe zone around her. I worry. I don't want anybody to break the seal on that. No. That leaves the way it came in. Pristine. Stand by for more of the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog Comedy. Channel 99. This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog Comedy Hits. Channel 99. into some Michael Jackson. All right, I'm dancing. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. So much good has changed since the last time I saw you. Things keep changing, but for the better, I think. Uh, well, you've, you've got a couple of big gigs going yep. on now. New gigs, uh, bigger readership, I hope, and newer readership for sure. So that's that's all good. That's always part of the excitement, right? New, yeah. new eyes on you. Yeah. Uh, Armin is now currently the critic for the National Review uh, and also for Out Magazine. Yeah. But before we get into some of these articles, you've also won a big anti-censorship. 
oh, yes. award. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very pleased about that. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning it. Uh, I got an anti-censorship award from the American Book Association and the Before Columbus Foundation. Uh, these are organizations based out west near uh -huh. San Francisco in the Bay Area. And they gave me an anti-censorship award for... Uh, for doing what I do, which is to <laughs> to tell my truth, which I yeah. think is the the truth, uh, despite the people who don't want to hear it and the people who try to stop it. It is amazing. I can't think of too many other writers that people will. I'll just say this: you shake up people all the time. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But you know that that really isn't my intention. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason the reason I became a journalist. Yeah. Is because I I've got something to say, right? And all I ask is for people to hear me out, read me. Uh, I became a journalist because I guess I, I I believed in the First Amendment, but mainly I think there's I have a point of view. Uh, I try to tell the truth the best I can, and often the truth is not out there, despite despite what they say on the X Files. <laughs> so I so I try to put it out there. Yeah. Well, Armin White, your your pieces are always. Think pieces. There's mm -hmm. nothing. There's a, a plenty of people who write what's considered film criticism now that looks like maybe they they wrote it on their phone, you know, yeah. right after. I mean, they're very quick. See this. Don't see this. This is awesome. This sucks. But I always say this about your work: it's a conversation starter for friends. I really hope so. Mm -hmm. um, I hope so, and because. Well, also one reason to be a journalist, I think, is to say something that's enlightening, mm -hmm. that's helpful, that's fresh. Uh, so many, so many people write about film and say the exact same thing. Right? Why bother writing it? Why bother reading it? Well, yeah, and of course, I think you want that person to think about the film more than you normally would as a viewer. So if I'm going to go to a film, I may think, oh, I just saw an action film, mm. but there may be much more there. And for somebody who spends their time uh, thinking about film as as well as viewing film, uh, I think it's important to get those opinions. I'm I'm glad you do. Yeah, I you know when as I grew up watching movies, I guess I have to say I, I come from an era when you would go to the movies and you took it home with you. Mm -hmm. That the movie was not extinguished, it wasn't exhausted when, when right. you left the theater. You you felt it afterwards. You thought about it afterwards. You kind of had to think about it afterwards. That's what I'm accustomed to. And I like to think other people feel the same way. They they want they want a kind of film experience that stays with them. Mm. I you know I I always know when I've seen a really great movie because the next day I can't stop thinking about it. It's still there for it's, you. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. And sometimes I think you can appreciate that even in a film that you don't like. You know what I mean? That sometimes there's a film that you don't like that can bug you and you can go out and have conversations yeah. and debate about it. And even even with ones you don't like, because yeah. you, I always want to figure out what went wrong. Right. Or in some rare some rare cases, uh, what is it what is it that that hit me in a way I didn't expect, and so I wasn't prepared? Yeah, doesn't happen often, but it does occasionally happen. Right? Or why are my views so different than the filmmakers? What you know, and that's mm. worth talking about. So I want to go to this. You've written an article, 2004, the year the culture broke, and again, this. Here's what I like about this piece. It's something I had not thought about before reading your piece. I'm I'm happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Uh, the piece 
I kind of feel like the Hollywood filmmaker when I say this because they yeah. all they all say that they've been working on a project for years. Uh-huh. I have not been working on this for years, except I I've been writing, mm-hmm. but I've been thinking about it for years uh, because the events there are certain film culture events that happened in two thousand four that I don't think we ever as a, as a nation as a culture ever got over, and it's always been in my head. I've always wanted to write about it. Mm-hmm. And finally, at National Review, I, I got the chance to write about it and, and write about it for, for an audience that I think will, are, are ready for it, ready to take, the, take seriously my, my, my theory on what happened in 2004. Well, give us just the, the short version, well, as you will. Okay, the article is called 2004, The Year the Culture Broke. I think the culture broke when uh, two movies were released that year that uh, the culture wasn't ready for. Uh, one was Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, and the other was Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 911. And when those films opened, each time those films opened, uh, the mainstream media responded to them in ways, in ways that I thought destroyed journalism, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, destroyed civility, and that caused a, a, a rupture in the culture that, that, that fragmented the culture and made people oppose people against each other. Uh, the Mel Gibson film was was written about scurrilously, even in the mainstream press, like The New Yorker, uh, in ways that, that I think offended people's religious beliefs and certainly even disrespected Mel Gibson as an artist and even as a, as a Catholic. Uh, in, my, in my sense of film history, this had never happened before, but it happened with... Uh, the Passion of the Christ, and it's kind of shocking. Uh, usually, a sense of civility prevents you from attacking people's religious beliefs. You you accept what they say, and you think about it, and you you say you like it or you don't, but you don't usually attack it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Passion of the Christ was attacked in, I thought, unfair ways, and certainly in ways that uh, that were not critical or not aesthetic. Uh, they were there were personal attacks. Uh, religious attacks and 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 that was that was difficult for the culture to get over it became it sort of became a media norm well that happened you know before the 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 film came out mm-hmm. yes. long before I, and i can you know and again i'd forgotten about mm-hmm. this but i remember reading torture porn as something that would get re- repeated uh anti-semitic down to the point where you use jewish stereotypes i remember hook nose jews being used and some of the things. So immediately, weeks before the film came out, it seemed like people divided over, I'm not going to see this film. And then a kind of backlash against the backlash where a lot of people rallied and churches were taking people to the film. Sure. You know? Sure. I, I, I dated back to an article that appeared in the New Yorker magazine, I think in October of 2003 which I think kind of rallied the troops against the film and against Mel Gibson, uh, bringing in attacks on Mel Gibson's father and his own views as if, right. those, as if those had anything to do with Mel Gibson and the film that he made as, a, as, an, as an artistic effort. Uh, it, started way back, it started back then so that by the time the film opened in the spring of 2004, uh, the haters were ready for it and the haters do, did what haters do. And and this this was a kind of anti hype. It was hype, yeah. a, a hype of a kind, but it was anti hype, and it was unfair. I think in, to to see it was unfair in a democratic society, in a, in a society that has the First Amendment. Uh, Mel Gibson, as as an American, as an artist, has the right to express himself. 
But before he got a chance to, or at least before the public got a chance to see the film, the film had already been condemned in so many places. So hype was used in a way to to obstruct the way that film performed in the culture. And that's a difficult thing. That was a difficult thing for the culture to get over. But like I said, there was a, an actual backlash where this has become yes, the biggest. Yes, the backlash did happen. Yeah. I guess I guess you can call that a a backlash a, to the backlash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, thank thank God for democracy in, yeah. in some way because people d- decided to see for themselves, and uh, that kept that kept Mel out of the poorhouse. But it also got people got people to expose themselves to to an art effort and think about it. Yeah, that's. That's what we do. That's what we ought to do in this in this country. But it was, uh, and you bring up two thousand four in your article two thousand four, the year the culture broke, because now suddenly we had red state films and blue state films. Now, for the people who are like, oh, you know, even atheists have to remember. Biblical films was a genre for oh, yeah. since the beginning of film, at least up until the 1960s, you know, sure, sure. Um, films that you would see every year playing at either Christmas or Easter. Easter. That was part of it. Well, back in, back in the 50s, uh, yeah. one of the one of the great purveyors of biblical epics was the uh, Paramount producer Cecil B. DeMille. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he I think it's when he introduces personally introduces uh, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Uh, Cecil DeMille says, uh, uh, for those who believe, no, ex- no explanation is necessary. Right. For those who do not believe, no explanation is possible. Because Cecil B. DeMille believed in addressing the, the popular audience, uh, believers and non-believers. He was making art, making entertainment for everybody. And that was in an era when you were allowed to do that. Suddenly, with uh, The Passion of the Christ, uh, the era said, no, you can't make movies for everybody. You can only make movie for, movies for believers or for non-believers. And that's, that's the rift. That's the break right there. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then the break continued uh, with, the Michael, with the release of the Michael Moore film, Fahrenheit 9-11. Also in 2004. Also so in 2004. So these are the two films. Yeah. Uh, one was early spring 2004. And the Michael Moore documentary was late spring 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't just a documentary about the events of 9-11, but it, it was a piece of propaganda designed, I, I, I think clearly when, when one watches it, designed to embarrass then-President George W. Bush. And, uh, and, and the kinds of arguments that Michael Moore made in that film about why 9-11 happened and how the Bush administration responded to it, and even how the Bush administration was responsible for it, crazily enough, uh, Made it made it propaganda, not true documentary filmmaking, because Michael Moore wasn't interested in finding out anything. He was simply interested in in making a a leftist anti-Bush harangue. So, uh, because it's an election year, a yes. film comes out that rallied Democrats, mm-hmm. um, and now the the cinema is being used, you know, for political purposes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I suppose, you know, Michael Moore certainly has the right to do that. Mm-hmm. But when he did it, and when he got no criticism for it from the mainstream media, which pretended to be hypercritical about Mel Gibson, but not critical at all about Michael Moore, what they did, what happened then was that you, the, the standards for documentary changed. Uh, after Fahrenheit 9-11, no one expected, it seems, the culture no longer expected a documentary to find truth, uh, to research a subject. Uh, people expected propaganda. I remember the, uh, 
the, the noxious influence of Roger Ebert when he reviewed the film on his TV show. He said, this movie has a point of view, and that's a good thing. Well, before 2004, it was not a good thing to find in a documentary. Documentaries before 2004 didn't simply have points of view. They had points of interest, uh, subjects that they explored. And filmmakers were usually, like, like a good journalist, were very, very careful to try to find all sides of an issue, mm-hmm. all sides of, of, a, of an event, and include that in the documentary. But Fahrenheit 9-11 was one-sided. So, after the, uh, after the aesthetic and religious uh, debacle of the media's response to Passion of the Christ, then you had the debacle of the, of the political polarization that happened with Fahrenheit 9-1-1. My thesis is that those two things combined simply broke the culture because how, how, could, we, how could we survive that? Mm-hmm. If the media then had, had decided that we, we won't be tolerant of other people's beliefs and we won't be tolerant of anyone else's uh, political positions, <laughs> that's un-American. But then, but then when you no longer, then you no longer have a culture for everybody. You have a culture that's polarized and fragmented. You have a culture that's broken. Right. Um, and this is all up in the National Review dot uh, com. You can go and check this out. Uh, 2004, the year the culture broke. As I said, I'd never thought uh, about these two films. At the time, I didn't connect them as a red state, mm. blue state. It just seemed like one film came, another film came, and but it never uh, occurred to me. Um, and we can look back to those times because we have decided that we oh, live yeah. in two Americas now. You oh, know, yeah. and most of the time that you realize that. And there was evidence of it before at different places. But I will, I will totally agree with you that sometimes the best thing that you can do is sit through other people's stuff. You know, that old Ed Sullivan show, before you got to the Rolling Stones, you were going to see <laughs> Russian dancings, yeah. you know, something for grandma. That, that does make a culture happen that does bring people together for sure that you know but you but then but that's when you let other points of view happen right not when you attack other points of view and that's that's where the media fell down on its job mm-hmm. that's where the media encouraged people to become in, intolerant because the media was not accepting mel gibson's point of view and the media was only only uh promoting michael moore's point of view um uh, in, in the case of Fahrenheit, uh, the media gave very little time to their rights position, and in case, and especially in the case of uh, the Mel Gibson film, I, I can't recall any review in a mainstream publication being written by someone who was a professed Christian. That's <laughs> here I go right. again. That's un-American, or that that that's not the way you learn. That's not the way yeah. you 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 sample or, or, get, or get to share other people's points of view. It's just not the way you learn. And it, it becomes, it, 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 it shrinks the culture. Yeah. Uh, the culture collapses as a result of that. When, when people fall back into their own groups, um, we're supposed, you know, e pluribus unum, we're supposed to be out of many one. Um, and you feel like this is something that's going on uh, across the board now? Sure. Well, now, 10 years later, mm-hmm. we're living with the result. Because I, I don't know anybody, I've, I've not run into anybody who hasn't, who is interested in movies who says to me, movies are terrible now. And I think the reason, I think they're mostly right. And the reason they're right is because, because of this fracture. Uh, because you have movies that are just made for particular points of view. 
and usually that that, that falls on on a certain political and and religious side too. Uh, mainstream Hollywood only makes movies for for secular viewers mm-hmm. or atheists. Mainstream Hollywood only makes movies for the Democratic Party or leftists, which means that there are other parts of America that that are not really served by Hollywood. And 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 what disturbs me the most about this is that people have accepted it without thinking. And uh, another part of why of how the culture is broken is where people perceive that anyone who disagrees with them is an enemy. And and I, I have I have friends I argue with and I say you're forgetting you know yeah. people who disagree with you are also Americans right. they're all in the same boat uh, they will suffer the same fate you do you know when the planes come in uh, they are these are not your enemies you're supposed to tolerate your opponent. Well, do you think there's ever been a time where we did that though, Armin? Can you look back to a certain point and thought well people will sit through each other's opinions? Well, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. yes, uh, because they did just that. Uh, people with different opinions were not shouted down mm-hmm. the way the film critics circle tried to shout me down. Uh, but in general, when you when you watch TV news broadcasts, for instance, and when you when you pick up newspapers and magazines, I guess as a journalism student, I can I can see the slant immediately all yeah. the time. Uh, stories are are rarely written fairly. Uh, there's there's always a slanted position, as if nobody care, as if as if editors and publishers weren't interested in presenting the truth. They just wanted to present to present a point of view, and that that's not the way I remember it being. There was always difference. I mean, you know, we are we are a democracy with Absolutely. different people, yeah. so th- there was always difference. There was always discussion, but I don't recall a time where people were shouted down or 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 claimed to or made to be enemies just because they disagreed. Politically, religiously, aesthetically. Yeah, uh, you make the case for this. Uh, you've done a side piece. Oh yeah. Uh, on this, uh, about how many films did you pick out here? This is well, over the past ten years. Yeah. I, I went back and I looked at looked at twenty uh, lousy films. I call them broken films. Uh, these, these, are, these are evidence of, of a broken culture. These are films that are made in the aftermath of. Uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 and The Passion of the Christ, films made in the aftermath of polarization. Now, some of these, um, well, let's go through a couple, but one of these I know is made by one of your favorite filmmakers, and that's Steven Spielberg. Give away the punchline. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, though. Yeah. Um, But how did you feel? When when Spielberg would, in your opinion, kind of miss it. Yeah, I <laughs> I felt terrible. Yeah. Actually, in point of fact, I, I we might have discussed this before. Yeah, I I wasn't digging Lincoln from the first shot. Mm-hmm. I thought the first shot of the uh, of the black soldiers uh, harassing the president of the United States. I thought this is all wrong. Yeah. I don't know who thought of this, <laughs> but it, it seemed to me to be very modern very left liberal and condescending to those poor blacks even though the story is set in the in the 1860s i thought this is this is fake from the from the get-go yeah and then the film went on from there to to as i think kind of justify political chicanery uh what i would have expected of steven spielberg before 2004 uh, what I would have expected of him before he met the 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 communist playwright Tony Kushner is I would have expected Spielberg to make a movie that looked at slavery and looked at abolition uh, to look at the law as expressions of of 
of spiritual aspiration. Because I think that's what makes him a great filmmaker when he is great uh, in Close Encounters, in in, uh, in Munich, in War of the Worlds, and and most of his other films. Uh, he he, I think of him as a spiritual and ecumenical filmmaker when he's great. Uh, after two thousand four, but also but more importantly with the clash with uh, or the meeting with uh, Tony Kushner. Uh, Spielberg's attitude changed, and he and he makes this piece of uh, agitprop in Lincoln, which uh, was very dismaying, as well as I think a, a dull film to watch, and and strangely enough, uh, Spielberg had also made a film about slavery called Amistad, which mm-hmm. which the which the mainstream media hated, although the mainstream media loved Lincoln, and that's that's an interesting difference to think about. But uh, Amistad, even though it's about slavery and about uh, the the abolitionist movement in America and through American law, uh, when I think back on on Amistad, I can see images that are bright, images that glow. Mm -hmm. The oddest thing, the oddest thing about Lincoln, it's dark. It's creepy looking. It's sepulchral. Uh, It looks like a movie about death. And... (laughs) I don't know why, but to me, it's kind of a giveaway that Spielberg's, the aspirational aspect that makes Spielberg so wonderful, was closing down. He wasn't listening to other sides either. He was busy making propaganda in Lincoln. Uh, Quite a disappointment. I'm going to give it this way, because I know, I think that Armand White goes to the theater to be moved spiritually. Am I correct about that? Absolutely. Anytime that you walk in, you want your spirit involved. Those, Those are... Those are the best. Those are the best aesthetic experiences you can you can have, when a film or piece of music, or piece of writing touches you, makes you think about who you are and where you're going, mm-hmm. and really, really not not to sound sappy, but when it moves you and and lifts and lifts you up. Uh, well, here's a film that a lot of people claim that they were really moved by, uh, and they because of this they all came out against slavery, and that was Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. That a lot of people said, "Hey, after watching this, slavery yeah. is really bad." Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> so, so well, you know, so bad, so bad that all those all those white liberal critics in the New York Film Critics Circle felt that they had to remove the one black critic who didn't like it. That's that's where they show their true colors. Pardon the expression, and and I don't believe they were they were moved much at all, except moved to think that you know aren't I great for thinking slavery was bad? <laughs> I, you know, you just made a, a point that I hadn't really thought about. That here they they would love a film like this, but they have a black film critic among them who doesn't feel the same way and they've kicked him out of the the critic society sure that that is the reason yeah. that's and that's one reason you know it's you know thank god it's so serendipitous that this award was given to me mm-hmm. and it's and the award is called the anti censorship award because i think uh, the american book association and the before columbus foundation understood exactly what was happening they understood that it was that was a censorious act and, and it was all based around my response to 12 Years a Slave. Um, the review I wrote, I felt, spoke strongly enough. And I say that because so many people responded to it strongly themselves. Uh, the review spoke so strongly that I really had no need to heckle anybody because I did not heckle anybody. But uh, it behooved those, oh, petty, jealous film critic circle members to lie and say that I did and use that as a pretext 
for ignoring the things that I had done on behalf of the group over the years and just kicked me out because, uh, because they hate slavery, but they certainly don't want to be in a group with a black guy who, who's not dumb. Now, have you heard from any of them since you've been kicked out? No, no. But uh, that's in a way, that's not so new. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was chairman of the group, I believe in the last two times I was chairman, I was chairman three times in all. The last two times, I believe, were uh, 2010 and 2011. Uh, it's funny. Uh, that year, there was a profile written about me in New York Magazine, and that caused a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. It, it made so many members jealous. I was told by the guy who wrote it, Mark Jacobson, that he got calls from them saying, why are you writing about Armin? There shouldn't be an article about Armin. <laughs> and, and from then on, uh, I started getting the cold shoulder and uh, the stink eye from many of them. So this, was, this had been going on for a few years. I was just ignoring it and, and defying it. And then finally, they just couldn't take it anymore. They just, you know, it's like they were like like human human zits. They just had to burst and let out their bile and show and show the world what, how rotten they were. Well, not only did they say that you were heckling and yelling stuff out, but if you read between the lines, it seemed like whoever was doing that was drinking. Were mm-hmm. you drinking that night? Were, sure. you, were you a little hammered? It was a party. It was a party I was drinking. But did, could it possible that you yelled out, Armin, and, and forgot about it? No. It's, What's possible is what, what actually happened was yeah. that I was yelling at someone who was rude to me at the next table. And then... Uh, a guy at Variety, sitting behind me, decided to make up the story that I was heckling the people on the stage who were about a football length away. Mm-hmm. But in point of fact, I was I yelled back at the person at the next table who had been yelling at me because I was a little boisterous. Who was the person that was yelling? Who yelled at you? Well, uh, I think it was a guy named... Uh, should I say his name? I don't, I mean, want, to, I don't, want, to, to, I don't want to say his name. Uh, I don't think he deserves mention. Okay. But so you had no problem with him yelling. But he, it, but yeah. he knows who he is. Yeah. And, and the people at his table know who they know it was him. Mm-hmm. And they know it was him that I was addressing. Right. But they, but they haven't said anything. But you have, no, you have no problem with him yelling at you or you yelling back at him. It's all good sport. Well, it's not that I did. It's not that I. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I did have a problem, which yeah. is why I said what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I can I can take a nice word from anybody, right. but when someone someone is disrespectful to me, I know how to be disrespectful right back. But it was to that person, not to Steve McQueen, and certainly never to Harry Belafonte, who who I've had friendly relationships with. So. All right, let's go through some of these other films. Um, United 93 is one that you thought was divisive. Yeah, uh, divisive mainly because it allowed people to be uh, uselessly sentimental about the events of 9-11, while also uh, uh, making those that, that, that horrible days seem trite and banal. I think it, it used the narrative gimmicks of what in the 70s were known as disaster movies, like The Towering Inferno mm-hmm. and Airport 75. I don't see anything different in the structure of, of United 93 from those campy 70s films. And even though some people wished that it had been better, uh, it wasn't. I, I remember sitting at a screening and, and 
I just at one point was exasperated and, 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 and was laughing at certain parts of it. And a woman next, a woman nearby said, this is serious. <laughs> well, you know, I, I disagreed. Uh, what was serious, by the way, was uh, for me, was Oliver Stone's World Trade Center, mm -hmm. which I think was, was a, a superb movie about how, how the events of 9-11 affected New Yorkers and particularly uh, working-class New Yorkers. I think that that's the beauty, part of the beauty of that film, that it showed how average people suffered. And, 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 and there, there's an amazing end sequence in that film, if you, if you recall, where Oliver Stone just shows, shows empty streets, empty subway cars. It's, the emptiness is so moving. Uh, there's nothing that intelligent, I think, in uh, United 93. Now, see, this is the interesting thing. You can look at Oliver Stone, and I'm sure there's some of his films that you don't like as much as you like that one. Um, yeah. But you're open to seeing people's films. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know that Oliver Stone is kind of a... Uh, a, 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 a picked-upon figure for other yeah. critics, but... but I, I, I take him seriously, even when I sometimes disagree with his points. I, I, right. think, I think he's a, he's a wonderfully creative filmmaker, and and that he 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 knows something about human behavior. Yeah, and that that comes through in all of his movies. But he also knows a lot about film craft, and his films are often, whether you like them or not, uh, a joy to look at. Um, so see, this is always so interesting to me because, like you said, there is a guy who, and I forget who, but a lot of people attack his films sometimes for political mm -hmm. views. They don't politically agree with him. I'm going to imagine most of the time you don't politically agree with him, but yeah, you're willing to be open to his films. Yeah, because well, because he's a good filmmaker, he can he can be convincing on issues. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not in his entire argument, but certain points. Uh, he can he can be he can touch you, and that's that's what I want a filmmaker to do. Well, has there ever been anything, let's say, in a Michael Moore film that you thought, well, at least that's an interesting point? Uh, none comes to mind. I have to say, only only moments of revulsion, as when he uh, as the dirty trick that he played on uh, Charlton Heston in uh, Bowling for Columbine. From that point on, you really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and often part of his gimmick uh, as a mockumentary maker, because I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't gift him with a name title documentarian, but as a mockumentary filmmaker, he often would play gotcha to his camera subjects, which is just plain unfair. Even though that's become a genre that people accept these days, yeah, as as part of the broken culture. Um, Armand White, there's. Uh Really no one like him out there. His article, 2004, the year the culture broke, is in the nationalreview.com. You also see him writing for out.com. Yep. You know, and again, I don't think of another person that could cross back and forth between the National Review and out.com. This is America, Ron. Yes. It <laughs> and and that, that kind of thing is supposed to happen. Yeah. And thank God it's me. Uh, Armin White, the Twitter, of course, at 3X Chair. Always good to see you, my friend. You too, for sure. Do not be a stranger, and I'll see you next time coming through. All right. Stand by for more of the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy. Channel 99. And now, back, back to the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. Raw Dog. Comedy 
It's the Ron Fez Show from Slash Film. Jermaine Lassier is here. Hello, buddies. It's good to see you, my friend. It's been a long time since you've been in. It has been, yeah. I haven't been coming back as much since my girlfriend moved uh, out to California in March last year. So You were saying that that was the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life. not good. Yeah. yeah. It's not, thank God she's not here. Jane so. is here with oh, you today. Okay. Oh, there's her song. Why, why does Jane have a theme song and Jermaine says? Maybe it should be Jermaine says. I've actually heard that growing up. People, people just used to Jews, did you man, string, string, yeah, shoehorn me into Jane's addiction. So. Oh, I think it works. Yeah, I think it works. Jane's addiction, not Jermaine's addiction. <laughs> yeah, but that would be the that would be creativity, Chris. Jane says. Uh, were you there for the earthquakes? Not uh, this M one hundred aftershocks. No, we were. We've been here all weekend. Uh, flying back tomorrow, and. Uh, but I'm not worried. I collect posters, and I'm worried about my posters being all over the walls. And I don't want to come home to Die Hard with just glass everywhere. Okay, but here's the thing. Your posters and human life, you're, you're worried about posters. It well, there's nobody, there's nobody in my apartment. It would be terrible if you went on TV and yelled out, oh, my God, my poster. <laughs> right. While there's, well, the ground was opening up. Right. Well, as far as I could tell, none of my, all my friends are safe. So then I start worried about my posters. Yeah, they said it wasn't... You know, it didn't cause any injuries or damage, and yet, all I see now are YouTube videos of people freaking out as it's, it happened. It's scary. I mean, I've been, had, like, since I've lived there for, like, five years, I've had about three that I remember, and, like, two weeks ago was the one that I it was the worst. It was, like, a 4.4, uh -huh. and it woke us up in the middle of the night, and it was, was scary as shit. And it was probably, like, three seconds, but it felt like three minutes. And we just sat there in their bed and just stared at each other, and we realized we have terrible survival skills. Like, we should have jumped out of bed and gotten into a doorway or something, but we just sat there and, like, waited for... Waited for death. Waited for the sky to fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or open, uh, the ground open up, more like. Waiting for the telephone pole to fall and hit Michael Sarah. Oh, exactly. Yes. I love that one. The thing is, when you watch that, you had to think, well, this could happen here someday. I guess I didn't really think about it. And you don't really... Living in California, it's always so beautiful, you never really think about that yeah. until it happens, and you're like, why the fuck do I live here? The same with the drive-by. You never really... It's like, it's so pretty here. Oh, my God. What are those gang kids doing hanging out the, the uh, car door, shooting? Yeah, we don't see too much of that in uh, where we live in Hollywood, but when we went to go park our car in, like, uh, Englewood or something, right. I was like, this... Whoa, this is not... This is black people. This is, what <laughs> this is boys in the hood. This is boys in the hood shit. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to talk a little bit of movies this year. Cool. We're going to get into the summer movies, uh, the blockbusters, the big comedies. It's a big, a lot of big summer comedies this year. I think like every other year, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the tent poles, you know, and we get right. we have this summer has them, but they're so like. December 2015 is so stock full of those. This summer is sort of light on the big temples. There's really only like four or five huge blockbusters. You know, you're looking at your, your Transformers, you're looking at your Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Man. Okay. But after that, it's all all like comedies and stuff. Now, to me, out of the three that you just mentioned, the only one I'm interested in even hearing about is Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Because we don't know anything about it. Totally. I don't know why anyone would still want to see Transformers and Spider-Man. No, you're right. Out of the three, it's the one you're... Mo I'm, it was like, I think on my anticipated list, it was number two. Because yeah. Yeah, it could be... Marvel always has made really good movies so far in the last like 
five, six years. And this one is their biggest wild card, their biggest swing of the, for the fences. Well, it looks nuts. Yes. It looks nuts. It looks nuts. And James Gunn has made nuts movies in the past. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, and... The casting with like Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel as voices. The rest of the couple of the other people you can understand, like Zoe Saldana. Uh, but Chris Pratt as a lead is good. And since then, he's deleted in the new Jurassic Park now. I remember you, you talked to him, it was really good. Yeah. But yeah, it's just there's nothing about it that screams like big movie except for this space universe and Marvel. Right. And how is it going to tie into these other Marvel movies? We have no idea. And uh, uh, well, we have a little idea. But I'm very At excited. At some place, do you think. Marvel's going to screw the pooch. I mean, just push too much well, out they're, there. They're already talking about. They release two movies a year now. They're already talking about starting to slowly make it into three and four a year. Right. Because Disney's like, well, if th- these are all making three hundred million dollars, some of them make five hundred. Why not just release these? But I think then the or there is a danger of th- making it a little thin. I mean, Captain America comes out this week. It's very very good, and then we'll see how Guardians is, and the next year they have the Avengers and Edgar Wright's movie. And, Those will both be good. Yeah, and you, yeah. At the Edgar Wright movie again. I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to those two because I know nothing about them. Yeah. But if they keep saying more, more of what you've seen, how can you get up for that? Yeah. Well, there. The thing is, is that I think what they've been doing is doing the characters that we've seen as trilogies. Yeah. So Iron Man three was sort of the end of the Iron Man trilogy. He's going to be in the Avengers and stuff, but that's that. He's done with Iron Man. Well, no, no he has. He's signed for Captain America, not Captain America, for Avengers two and three. Right. But he hasn't signed a contract to make a fourth Iron Man movie. And you don't see them. Well, as you? of right now, they haven't put it like it's not on the books as like a scheduled thing because they want to end. They have a Thor three uh-huh. and a Captain America three. And then they're going to start, uh, and this is all sort of just like, you know, educated speculation. Mm-hmm. None of it's officially announced, but uh, then they're going to start Doctor Strange, who is a new character, and they right. haven't looked at a, they're looking for directors for that now. And then, uh, and then, so we'll see. And then once that happens, whatever happens in Guardians of the Galaxy and the new Avengers movie, which is also going to introduce a bunch of new characters, we'll see like when that expands. Right. So, so they've already got a sequel for Fantastic Four. Yeah, the but that, reboot that hasn't come out yet. Right. Yeah, that's a 20th Century Fox though. So it, it's the 20th Century Fox owns the X Men and Fantastic Four. Yeah. So that's they they have the Marvel reboot. Marvel doesn't that. own them, right? Marvel. Marvel. Marvel has a Marvel's logo will be on it because yeah. it's a Marvel comic, but uh-huh. those aren't in the same universe. In the film universe. So the Fantastic Four will never... The Avengers and the Fantastic Four will never team up. No. Not in the movies. Yeah, but that's just those, stupid. Well, but it isn't, it's based on who owns it. Yeah. So Spider-Man is never going to team up with anybody because he's at a different studio. Yeah. But that's why they're, do, they're doing... Sony's doing their own universe of Spider-Man. So we have Spider-Man 2 comes out in a couple of weeks. Then they have announced Spider-Man 3. And then they're going to make a Venom movie. They're going to make a Sinister Six movie. And then maybe a fourth Spider-Man. So, but... That's we you know, talk about pulling it thin. It's like how much we yeah, see about Spider Man, and people go, "Well, I think it's going to go on." But you have to remember, at one point, we used to just have gladiator movies every summer, westerns, and then we would have westerns. So sooner or later, this burns out. By the way, the Noah movie I think did pretty good because they're selling it as if it was, you know, a, a, a fantastical movie. They're selling it as if it was Lord of the Rings. It sort of is though, and that's sort of what I didn't love about it. Mm-hmm. Because the movie is very beautiful, and Aronofsky is a great director, and but the movie only has a couple things where scenes where you're like, oh, there's Darren Aronofsky. The rest of it is a very straightforward story, and it didn't really like have any weight to it. It's mm-hmm. just like A to B. There it is, the story of Noah. And I didn't really feel I didn't walk out of that movie thinking about anything. And 
You know, did they let on where the animal shit? I was always, you know, <laughs> well, that's they, my thing. I'm just. Well, I, I, I always try to be careful on the show because people I say something and they think it's a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Go ahead. Uh, Everyone in, drowns. Yes, they all die. Uh, well, almost everybody in the world. But no, the uh, they have a uh, a chemical that they make everybody, all the animals go to sleep, and so they're all sleeping the entire time. That's the cover. The chemical. <laughs> well, it's it's like a uh, like a vapor. They just go around with like a candle, and I all mean, the animals go to sleep. I said spoiler alert because I really wanted oh, to gee, see this. this. <laughs> well, yeah, they're just yeah, they're mixing herbs. So while they're asleep, they don't need to eat or shit. But well, don't you know you if you're in a coma, you still need nourishment and not not animals you in, 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 in pre time. No, not not not, not animals in Noah. Because I think their bladders are going to explode <laughs> during the sleep. Yeah, well, they sleep for what? How many? Ninety days or something? Four well, forty months? days, forty nights. Yeah, they rain for forty days and forty nights. But then I think there was like another hundred and twenty days. They were on the boat waiting for the rain, uh, for the floodwaters right. to drain. Well, but see, here's the thing: drained where? Because the whole word, <laughs> world is yeah, ocean. So where does that water go? Right Maybe down right even into if, the ground, mud. Even if it evaporated into the clouds, it would just mean it would rain down again. You get more so rain. There's nowhere. Once you have a uh, the entire place is filled with water. How does it? How does it drain? As you put it. Well, they don't. They don't cover that. That doesn't. Have, though maybe it freezes. Yeah, but the ice age. Right? Then it would expand. It would be even bigger. <laughs> It'd be even deeper. Shit. It's so the maybe one or two that holes. scares me. This is a very nice day for Fez, though. Okay. So we're not going to put him on All the right. spot today. It's his day. Good. There's one or two uh, holes in that story. Uh, the Noah story. So but Waterworld was more believable than Noah. <laughs> I mean, the fucking water doesn't go anywhere. You know something? You were baptized a Catholic, yes. even if you weren't brought up that way. No. Don't ever compare Waterworld <laughs> to the book of. Uh, uh, what I consider written by God's hand through human beings. <laughs> were, there, were there smokers in Noah? Uh, no, just the smoke that puts all the animals to sleep. It had some uh, biblical propofol. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Where did that come from? I don't know. I saw, I, I saw a big pair of lips in the other room. Oh, wow. shit, son. Way to, fuck that. Way to take them down. You got them. Oh, yeah, well, you know, DC Comics and such. Oh, yeah, that's a good comeback. All right, he got you there. Yeah. Let's just consider this one a draw. Because okay. <laughs> he said and such. Okay. Hey, you're going to go see Hedwig tonight, huh? Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. Though, I didn't think when I made my plans that I'm going to miss all of opening day today. Well, right now, I guess the mess just started. and uh, Yeah, why don't we have the games up? But... But I'm excited. We're not going to find that fucking plane, Chris. Let's get some ball games <laughs> Still, up. Still, I think it's going to come up eventually. Today's the day, I think. No. Yeah, but I mean, when we, if we can see a show, we do. And uh, I was like, NPH is only going to be on for a couple months. I love Hedwig. I saw it as a film. I, it I saw it as a film first, and I've never seen it on stage. So when they did a big, they announced this big revival. I was like, I'm coming back to New York to see it. Well, I, you know, as soon as I, yeah, I heard that, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want that thing to be big. But then I'm like, I know that they're going to make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. You know? Just having him in it, it could have been anything. By the way, this Rocky uh, doc has gotten uh, whatever it is on Broadway has gotten some pretty good reviews and people aren't showing up oh wow because and they're just figuring this out men don't go to broadway shows (laughs) and then what they need is like but they said that we would like to see groups of men there but men aren't showing up to broadway shows anymore i go anymore ever i don't yeah you'd always just see guys being dragged into shows what they should have did was renamed they should have called it adrian 
and did this, the whole story from her point of view. They could have wrote new songs. She's shy, though. I mean, she is so a little shy. To, she's a little so shy. It's so hard for her to talk. Well, at the beginning, and then she gets a little, a little more flashy. Yeah, by the end, she gets very sexy. Yeah, this is true. By the end, she looked like she ran some conditioner. It was like, it was almost like, I hate to say it, I'm trying to say it, but that character could have been, in the beginning, called Stalker Patty. So it was almost like if a boxer fell in love with Patty, and then you found out she just needed some conditioner. Hey, cuff and Link, you know, she helped him out. Hey, Cuff and Link, you know, they're both here. You see their shell shot. See what I'm saying? Shell shot. And then at some point, somebody should have said, yeah, this is a better movie than Network. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> This that's, is why the that's, the movie that beat, that's the movie that beat Network that year? Yeah. That's, yeah that's fucking and it crazy. wasn't, I think, All the President's Men was that year. Oh, yeah. It was like every movie was actually better than Rocky. Yeah. But you can't not watch Rocky. What do you got on? Pittsburgh game? Yeah, Cubs, Pittsburgh. All right. It looks like it's, uh, I see some shirt sleeves there. It was actually snowing this morning when I got up. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was snow here. But the earth was solid. The earth was solid. Well, that's yeah. the trade-off. Is that yeah, it's been seventy every day. Yeah. Well our other thing is, you know, terrorists could blow up a nuke here every day, <laughs> so who's to say? Yeah. There you go. Every time you climb up in a building like this, uh yeah. rolling the dice. And he doesn't think about that. Then though. you go underground yeah. to a subway hit another round yeah. of dice. <laughs> I'm still not over our earthquake that we had here. Oh that's right. Didn't I that think a- that was what, a nine point eight or something? <laughs> it was, that it was a little lower than that. Yeah. Nine point yeah. eight would would and well, humanity. Today's his day. Let's no, that's right. That's right. No. But that was fun. That was weird. That was, you guys were on the air, right? Yeah. On the air? That was crazy. And the weirdest thing is that the building bounced like this, like a little, like we were, like you were sitting on a basketball. It was oh, fun. I always thought that an earthquake would shake you back and forth. Yeah. But this just bounced. Yeah, it's it's hard, to, very hard to describe. It's fun. But Twitter blew up that day. Oh yeah. People just got got to tweet about it. The first thing I did when the earthquake hit is I rolled over, grabbed my phone, <laughs> and went tweeting. earthquake. <laughs> Earthquake. <laughs> I was like, why did I even do that? It was just, that was my instinct. Was everything safe? Okay, tweet about it. Are all my posters safe? Yeah, are all my posters safe? It was a 5.8 that hit us that day. No, that's, right. that's big. What are the big comedy movies that you're looking forward to this year? Uh, my, what I'm looking forward to the most is 22 Jump Street. Because, really? Yeah. The first movie uh, just came out of nowhere. And I thought it was hilarious. And just so smart. And this time they are, you know, they're making fun of the fact that it's a sequel. It's right. not, uh, it's not, it's, it's very, very aware of itself. And Miller and Lord, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, the directors, uh-huh. you know, they're coming off like four movies in a row that nobody expected them to do anything and that were great. The first Clyde with the Chance of Meatballs, the 21 Jump Street, the Lego movie, and now this. Um, so I'm they either, can do no wrong at this point. So I'm either uh, I haven't seen them or won't see them. <laughs> I did see the Twenty One Jump Street, yeah. and you know I just felt like mm, same way I felt when I watched Starsky and Hutch the movie. Like oh, they're making fun of the TV show. Yeah, uh, Chris, what do you want to say comedy wise this summer? Uh, I think that Neighbors movie looks pretty funny. That's mm. coming out soon. I just worry about that kid, that sack kid. He's always you know. <laughs> That's made me watch want to watch it more. <laughs> uh, he just seems like. Zach, I'm a I'm a big fan of Zach ever since he was in a couple of High School Musical films. And I didn't then, see those. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I thought you'd see those. But uh, he he's actually a really good actor, and he's very personable. Or per, no, he's got a great personality, I guess, on screen. He's very watchable. Then why did he get punched down and scared? <laughs> he just wanted some rock. <laughs> no, his car broke down. So. He was, his, his car, car broke down. down. His car broke down, <laughs> and then the guy wouldn't pay him back the money for whatever reason. Yeah. 
But I've heard nothing but really, really good things about this movie. I'm seeing it like next week. Well, does Seth ever make any fucking mistakes? Uh, yeah, not say, really. I honestly, I even like the guilt trip. Like I caught it the other night and I was laughing. It was yeah, like an old fashioned let's steal from as many movies as we can. Yeah, and it was kinda of sweet. Like it wasn't really a comedy as more it was just like a feel good movie. Right. It was made you want to call call your mom. It did. I literally called her and I was like, You see see this movie, you would love this movie. It's you. You know, my yeah. mom is a kind of overbearing Great, but you know, and it was. Um, Thanks for finally getting around to saying great. Yeah, I'm like, she's overbearing, she's and, she's and she's listening, and now she's mad. Did you ever go to a movie with your mom? No, my mother d- despises movies. She hates to go to movies. The way that you hate music. This family, they don't like yeah. the arts. They're not into the arts. I once saw Demon Night with my mom back in the 90s. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt Demon Tales Night. Crypt that Demon was Night. when she wanted to labor. <laughs> with Billy Zane. What did that mean? You mean that he's a demon? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Wow. Now, is Corey, Corey Feldman's in Bordello of Blood, right? Not No, demon? he's not in Demon Night. Okay. I, I he's just in Bordello knows, of Blood. I knew it was one of them. God. <laughs> but his spirit kind of goes over Demon Night. <laughs> um, you know, I even like when he did the Green Hornet movie. I thought that that, that was fucking hysterical. The bad guy in that movie that was going on and on. Oh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, when he was just like, uh, really, I don't frighten you in any way? This doesn't scare you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and now him writing and directing with Evan Goldberg, it's just been awesome. I mean, they, they, this is the end. Their next love movie, this is the end. Yeah, love it. And then their next movie is called The Interview. It comes out in October. Uh-huh. But it's basically like the Dennis Rodman thing, but they sort of came up with the idea at the same time it was happening where a... Uh, an inter- uh, entertainment journalist goes to North Korea to interview Kim Jong-un and then becomes friends with him. And James Franco is him, is the main guy, and, and Rogan is his producer. Uh, I went to Vancouver uh, to visit the set, and it was just hysterical, the two scenes I saw. And these guys, I mean, it, if the movie comes together, they have another winner. So yeah, Rogan, I mean, in Neighbors, it's, it's uh, directed by the guy who did... Uh, Five-year engagement. Couple. So this should be. Oh, five-year engagement was because I did not mess with Nick Stoller. Nick Stoller. Yeah, he 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 directed and co-wrote Neighbors, or maybe. This is what's really weird, and I never bring this up. Nick Stoller gave one of the funniest unmasked ever, and I hate to say that because he's not a stand-up comedian, Mm -hmm. but he had the fucking place on the floor that whole time. He's really really funny. Then I went to the party for the opening of that. And met Nora Ephron, which was oh, that's the New York of all New York moments. Yeah, I didn't know that she was sick. Yeah, wow. I probably would have done something to try to save her that night. If I could have. <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. I'm trying to get a. a I hate to bring this up, but from the Buffalo Bills, you hear that story, right? No, Jim's in really bad shape. Oh, that's right. Oh, I thought that was taken care of. Oh, just the opposite. Just the opposite. He was on uh, TV today. I don't know. Forget one of those early morning shows. I think it's it's I think it's called it's too early to be up, but let's get started. <laughs> Cold pizza with yeah. Kelly. Yeah, well, no, uh, this is before Kelly's. The GMNs or the C- CBS is one of them. That's too much. For but me. Jim Kelly was on there, and, and they said his cancers come back aggressively. <laughs> and then they had his wife and his daughter like were laying in bed with him, watching TV and stuff. It was fucking sad. As shit. <laughs> this is really me, sad. That made me think. Is like, this a comedy uh, channel? Yeah. Uh, are you happy now, Aikman? You son of a bitch. <laughs> You had to win everything. You couldn't let them have one. <laughs> Give them one. <laughs> Fucking Giants have to steal that away from them. Dicks. But how many times is the Giants going to win a Super Bowl from somebody who's a lot better than them? 
all the times? Yeah. Yeah. Well, though, when they lost the Ravens, the Ravens were a lot better than they lost the Ravens. So. It would have been great if they would have beat the Ravens. Yeah, it was a fluke. The Giants should have won that game. <laughs> it's really weird. It was all well, they weird. really had no offense. I mean, they had zero offense <laughs> against they the best defense. Do have yeah. Zero, but that was. Um, but that's weird when you think about them. No, no. All right, all right so uh, Fez, anything you want to see this year? Tammy in July with Melissa McCarthy. I thought oh, that. I thought his... you were talking about the old 1960s thing. I thought it was a reboot. <laughs> All right, so Melissa McCarthy, here's a weird thing about her. I think she's hysterical, and I've never watched her TV show. I, but I'll go to all of her movies. Yeah, and, and she was on the Gilmore Girls before that for like 10 years. That almost seems like a different Melissa McCarthy. I've never watched the TV show either. Well, why do we do that? Why not just watch her TV show? We get excited when she shows up on Saturday Night Live, and then that's enough for us. Until yeah, the movies come out. I, I, a lot of people... You're, Speaking for both of us, <laughs> yeah, I don't get excited, but I think she's funny as shit. Yeah, I mean, I bet if you went on the street and you asked people like Melissa McCarthy, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I loved her in Bridesmaids," and like, do you know she has a TV show? But people watch that show, otherwise it wouldn't be on the air anymore. Yeah, sure, I don't know. So on a good night, though. Oh yeah, I don't it's even... on the with the what do they call the Big Bang the Big or something? Bangers, yeah. Oh yeah. See, here's the thing about them: they're smart, but socially they got problems. <laughs> I mean, they socially they're they're real nerds. These guys. Why can't they, they have both? They have Why comic. They, they collect comic books. I heard. Yeah. So. They do, but you can tell they really don't like, like they say they do, but there's nothing really nerdy about them. You know, there's scientists, but they never just start rapping comic books at all. Um, Chris, give me, your big movie was going to be what? Neighbors. That's a good pick. Mm. I just feel good after that last run in with the law that Efron had. I'm going to probably see both the ones that you guys are bringing up. Now next year is going to be all the superheroes, yeah. And the Star Wars is going to be back next no, the Star, year. Yeah, Star Wars is the end of next year. Then the Batman and Robin is no, that got bumped to sixteen. Uh, but then there's a, there's, a, there's a re- reboot of the Terminator. There's the new Jurassic Park. Um, all next year. All next year. Yeah. This is going to be a quiet summer. It is. It is. It's, that's why it's great that these these comedies. I mean, one of the, one or two of them is going to break out big. I mean, it could be any, you know any one of these. What, what about, about the West one? What's that one called? A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah, I mean, it's a total wild card because A, it's a Western that people are either real hit or miss on. You know, think of like True Grit did like $100 million, but was that a right. with the Coen brothers? Uh, and, and Seth MacFarlane, who, you know, he had his first movie, nobody expected to do anything. Ted 2, oh, that comes, also comes out next summer. Uh, but he did, you know, and Ted blew up huge. He's a fucking ATM machine. Yeah. Can he, he, he like him or not? He's I a thought, fucking ATM machine. I thought the trailer looked really, really funny. A lot of people watch it and like, I hated I it. I thought he looked too modern in the trailer. Yeah, they weren't being... I, was like, I actually was watching the trailer and I went, wait, has he traveled back in time? <laughs> I actually said, I'm a, I, and I was in the movie, and, yeah. the, and I went by myself, so I had to shake these people in front of me. <laughs> I go, excuse me, did that dude travel back in time? I was texting. I didn't see everything in the trailer. Yeah, I don't know, but like, it has a... It has a funny premise where it's just all these, you know, the, the title says it all. And then the cast is pretty good. You know, he's got Sarah Silverman in a small role, and he's got, Love. you know, uh, uh, Charlize Theron and uh, Man Seafried. So, I mean, it, it looks, and he signed a Man Seafried for uh, Ted 2 based on this, so that means he liked working with her, which he always bodes well for this film. But I, I think it's a movie people are going to show up for. Though, on the other hand, it's like, it's Seth MacFarlane as a bear versus Seth MacFarlane as a face. Like I know, I know he hosted the Oscars, but really, do do people know him? As, he as like, he should have put the bear in this. Yeah, 
right, here's one. That, this is the one that I'm looking forward to because I like Robert Downey Jr. a lot and to see mm. him do a small movie with Fabro after they went and did the big one because for me Iron Man is all just about what he doesn't have the suit on yeah. I think that that's great um, that's why I kind of like this last Iron Man mm -hmm. because it took him forever to get this fucking right. suit on <laughs> Uh, but this one, I think it's Chef. Yeah, Chef. Yeah, Favreau's. Uh, yeah, he wrote and directed it. Again, I'm actually seeing that next week, and I'm really excited. And it got pretty good reviews. It premiered at South by, and yeah, he plays a, a chef who is sort of like a huge New York chef up or something, and loses his job and creates a food truck and sort of you know builds his way back. And it's sort of post they said it's sort of like a. Uh, you know, in theme trilogy with swingers and maid, like that. Like oh, that I love that. Yeah, and uh, it's almost like that sort of. I love of, maid. I do too. Swingers is my favorite movie of all time. So, like, is that right? Yeah. So, it's, so maid was a little bit of a, a little bit of a letdown compared to that, but I, I do love it. And it, see, I find swingers tough to go back and watch because how thin they all were. So thin <laughs> that they now look freakish to me. Vince Vaughn looks a twink. Oh my, he looks like he's, yeah. yeah. He looks like. <laughs> He's unhealthy. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. Favreau walks around in a wife beater the entire time, and you're yeah. like, "Is this John Favreau? <laughs> the fat guy?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> Mike was the fat guy. He was like, "Oh, he's so fat he can't get laid," yeah. and he would fucking kill to look like that again. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they're all tiny in that. Yeah, but this movie, yeah, it's it, everybody says it's really sweet. I don't know how much how funny it is. I think it's just, but I think these days when something is like just a nice movie, we mm -hmm. label that a comedy. Uh, here's another one I want to say the. Um, uh, the Fading Gigolo. Uh, with oh, Woody the Allen as an actor. John Turturro oh, as the director. I think that's going to be cool. Yeah, I've heard good things. I haven't seen it yet. And uh, But yeah, how can you not want to see you know Woody act, Turturro direct? Because you don't want to you know give it a rave and then have his fucking daughter <laughs> and <laughs> his son it. just write, oh, do you like pedophiles? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, that, that movie's, movie is super interesting for the people in it, but the people who have seen it haven't really loved it. But, I mean... You always got to see right. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read anything super negative, but nothing super positive either. Because well, you, you, know, you, you would stick in the right. You head. saw the other one he directs. He's, you know, he's a little offbeat. Which he's was off kilter. It was the one. It was like a half a musical. Chris, remember he came in and did the show like five, six years ago. Yeah, that it was, was like oh, romancing something. Uh, or... Romance cigarettes and something. No, he was just in that. Yeah, that was over for the Seventh Street. Well, no, no, the movie didn't take place there. You and I were there. <laughs> yeah, we were there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Go to director. He's a lot director. of people. Romance and cigarettes. Yes, yes. I, Romance I and cigarettes. We were both. Yeah, I, ha I had not seen that. I thought it was called Romancing the Cigarettes, and it was kind of a takeoff on Romancing the Stone. <laughs> How's the comedy team of Barrymore and Sandler going to do this summer? Oh, my God. They have this movie coming out called Blended. All right, and it, it is the worst trailer of ever, one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, and it's I mean, and basically I, the premise I don't even rem it's so out there that I can't even try to verbalize it. It's something like they both randomly get trips to Af they hate they go on a blind date and hate each other, and then they both randomly get trips to Africa at the same place, so they're forced to interact at this resort. It's and happened to me and a chick. I used oh. To, and, uh, <laughs> oh, maybe it's not that. Ago, yeah, I mean, it's happened. <laughs> happened to me a couple of times, but only once that's memorable. And it looks so bad. And Adam Sandler hasn't made a good movie in, in God knows how long. I mean, um, I mean, maybe he's probably been in a small role in something here and there. I mean, I think what would you consider the last Adam Sandler movie that you really like? You know, honestly, I don't even really like The Waterboy. I probably like... Right, so you're going back down to like 94. Yeah, I know. Were you Happy Madison? Yeah, you know, I like I like probably Wedding Singer, maybe. 
uh, before that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I'm going to say The Wedding Singer, which was what, in what year? I don't even know. This is probably like What about 94. you, Hicks? Click? <sighs> Click? I was oh, God. <laughs> God. That's brutal. I'd say Punch Drunk Love, but that really wasn't a... No, yeah, it's not. It's a, it's a Paul Thomas che- That's fucking cheating. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, we set up something here. We're men of honor. It's the Waterboy. Waterboy's wife. The fa- one that I'll never, I won't turn off if it's on. It's 98, too. That came out after the wedding singer. Yeah. It, so that you're looking at, you know, you know, 15 years almost of... That's a long time. A lot, because he's done all these sequels, you know... And he's, he's made $500 million since Every then. one of them. <laughs> it's where he's he's yeah. made his real money after everything people liked. It's yeah. fucking crazy. And you think about Blended and it's like, okay, this movie looks really, really bad. A, it's going to do well because people like them. And B, if you were going to make that movie, they'd be like, you want to come to Africa for three months, hang out, and like, shoot a movie? I wanna, we'll pay you $20 million? None I wanna of get... this was filmed in Africa. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, really? oh, I want to give you oh, guys you one. Uh, I think 51st States is a okay. watchable film. It is watchable. I never saw it. There's a couple of like... It would have been just a regular romantic comedy, but then they had to put in the regular, you know, jokes for his, you know, hardcore. It's like, oh, a walrus just shit, and then oh, his friend dove into it. You know what I mean? Like, does that thing. But all in all, it's like a very sweet uh, rom-com. Yeah. Uh, Sean Dunn's in the other room. He wants to come in and say hi? Yeah, he wants to say Who'd hi. Who'd you hook him up with today? He was on a Convino and Rich today. I love the Convino and Rich. Pushing uh, Cam Girls the movie. Cavino and Rich are on my TV show every night. They sit around and they, they just go back and forth. Here he comes. Sean, good hey, to see you, buddy. On, Did you bring the girls in with you today? I have a new one, Lily. Lily, nice Hi, to Lily. see you. Yeah, Lily's. Hi, Sean, I'm Fez. Hey, Fez, how's it going? See, from the thing. <laughs> Trying to make it work. <laughs> There's Lily the cam girl. This uh, this is uh, the guy that should be writing about you right here, Sean. This is Jermaine Lassier. Nice to meet you. From Slash Film. Oh, cool. You guys uh, have uh, talked about this stuff. What's, uh, which films did they talk about? Uh, they probably talked about uh, The Bowler and uh, American Juggalo. Oh, yeah. yeah I love that short film. films. Yeah. And this one that he's doing now, you're raising money. How close are you? We're very close. We're like $3,800 away. We've, oh, my God. Tri- you, yeah, we're right there at the end. And uh, yeah, Chris hooked us up. We did another radio show, so hopefully. Really, really hope. Yeah. Now, what exactly does this young lady do in your movie? Lily? Um, well, we haven't filmed with her yet. Hopefully, yeah. when we finish raising the money, we'll get down there and, uh, and, and film with her. But yeah. But you're a cam girl. Yes, yes. And what do you do all day? I, uh, <laughs> I get naked and masturbate and talk with people. I do the same thing, but nobody gives me any money. I just do that on the radio. Now, this is, this is a, a show for people. Yeah. They can buy this film. There's also, because matter of fact, the first time I ever heard of Kickstarter was a documentary, and the folks came on and and we put them on and they they hit and somebody actually became like an executive producer for them. Oh yeah, yeah. And they hit the thing, and then today they sold it to American Masters, and it's going to be about George Plimpton. But wow. I met them long before. It took yeah. six years. This documentary stuff. By the way, I saw a documentary the other night that was so fucking great. It's about the band The National, and it's called Mistaken for Strangers. That opened Tribeca last year. And it was year. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's oh, awesome. Funny as hell. And I, you know, I don't know. Well, it's how not much... necessarily about the band. It's about like a relationship, right? Yeah, it's yeah. about brothers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one brother isn't a rock star, mm. and it's funny <laughs> as shit. I can't wait I, to check that out. So much, I honestly. 
obviously I said this has got they got to be you know yanking me a little bit here, <laughs> but it was great stuff. So your film is going to be about the life and times of of cam, cam girls, girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know bigger issues. You know we talked about that last time. You know mm -hmm. the, the type of stuff that's going on in the movie. Her hopefully will uh, we're we're there. There's a, a huge relevance to that in our film. So, G baby, did you love her? Oh yeah, it was on my in my top ten of that year. Number I one loved this year. it. Number one. Number one. It's great. I loved it, but I did not see it as a romantic comedy. I saw it as sci-fi horror. Yeah. I was fucking so. <laughs> I think that's why I loved By it the too, end yeah. of that film, yeah, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, where, oh my god. Yeah, where he goes with it at the end there with her stuff, you know, and you're just like, oh my god, that's fucking crazy. And like, you think about like what what it means to love and like what the capacity to love yeah. is. And there's things you never thought about that Spike just brings up in this weird sort of, you know, but simple conceit. Here's conceived. the other so thing that we do. I think that we have more lonely people, and I think your business shows that there's a lot of lonely guys out there. But because these tech, this technology is open. And, you know, even the porn business being open to so much masturbation takes place that people go, well, this is where I, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. But then they'll say, I'm lonely, I wish I had something else. But they never work towards it. They don't put the same amount of time that they do with the technology. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it could be like a little intimidating to go up to a bar and try to, you know, look someone in the face and be right, right in front of them. When you go to a campsite, you know exactly what you're going to get. So it's just a matter of finding someone that you click Most with. of the guys who watch you wouldn't be able to get you. By the way, you're adorable. I'm going to say that for the people at yeah, home. She is. You're not going to be... You know, and, and the thing is, you look... You have a, a girl next door who has, you know, a nose ring, but it's <laughs> still a girl next door. Look about you. Most of the guys that are into this, they're going to... They wouldn't approach you. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I've been surprised by the people that have tried to approach me in real life. So I don't. Oh, you know, really? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys are just run for. But now, how were you with women? Now you, Jane, you say you have a few affairs. I'm yeah. just sitting here, but you—if yeah, you're on the road, you're going to have an affair. You always do that. Don't but know. was it easy for you to approach? Fuck around. Was it easy? No, for you? I was always, always super embarrassed and super bad, and met, met her because we were at a social event together, mm -hmm. and it was easy. Because at that point, you know, but like in a bar or something, going up to somebody, I never had that game, and I was always too scared. Always. Really? Always. Because you said fear keeps you from me. Oh, totally. I'll stare at a guy for hours uh, before <laughs> I even say anything. Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, where are you staring at a guy for hours? <laughs> yeah. At a bar. I've oh, gone, okay. yeah. I go to a bar. That's a go to place when we talk about meeting people. You know? uh, isn't that yeah, weird? That's, yeah, no, that's true. I hate drinking. It's the worst. It's could, so boring. Could you imagine if your mom and dad said, I was in a bar, and he came up, and he had the best line. They would never do that. Why do we think that a bar could lead to any kind of real People at their worst, too, in those situations. It's yeah. just... Uh... But that's yes. sort of that's why you go there is the socialness yeah. of it. Is yeah. that, you know, it's and not even just the drinking, just everybody out to hang out and meet people. There's because you right. go to, you yeah. go everywhere else you have like a goal. You mm -hmm. know, you go to the movies, you go to a museum, you go wherever you, would you have never a goal. approach someone in a mall and say, you know why I was looking at you. You really seem like you're a great girl. Right, 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 right. I mean, you could, I guess, yeah. you know, or a store. I mean, the, if they the, serve more liquor at Pennies. Yeah, TGI <laughs> <laughs> Fridays. Yeah. See, I think the liquor is the thing that keeps anything from real. I mean. That's as false as any of the other technology. This is this is a false thing that you're doing. Good point. So you can go, I don't want to be myself. Mm. I'm going to let this other person, I call drunky drunk, <laughs> approach the girl and say stupid things. You don't think that like your your part of your real self comes out there 
and just sort of I take the inhibitions not. down? I hope not. Or else I would go around then. stealing Jesus. cars. <laughs> 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 if you take it's, the drinking, takes your inhibitions away a little bit, makes you not think about the nervousness. It's, if you don't go overboard, yeah. But at the same time, that would mean I'd be fist fighting all the things that I did yeah. when I was drinking. I mean, I, I hope that's not me. I know it's not Chris because well. I know the real Chris. <laughs> well, and Fez is a, a very angry yeah. drunk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I listened to the show. Yeah. Yeah. He's a ferociously <laughs> angry drunk. Now, when these cam girls, did they trust you right away, Sean? Um uh when we started filming, yeah, because uh we we had gotten in there, somebody had had given us an in and we we had to earn it though. We had to earn their trust each girl that we filmed with. Did you trust Sean at first? Or did you think Oh, we just met. <laughs> yeah, oh, we just really? met today. Yeah, we just met today. I, I I put out on Twitter. I was like, I'm going on the radio today and no one I don't know if any cam girls are on the East Coast and she happened. How how were how was Kavino and Rich with you? Were they cool? They were great. Yeah, they're really guys. nice guys. Yeah, you yeah. know, they have a like a, a real loose format. It works for me. I don't know. Yeah, you do better in a loose format. I do better in loose situations. You're not. Oh, it's a formal situation. Let's call Sean Dunn. Yeah, no, it's not for me. Camgirlsdoc.com is the website. You can link to the Kickstarter from there. Yeah, we're right at the end. What would most of us be surprised about the life of a cam girl? Because you guys put in a lot of hours, right? Yeah, I. I, I if I clocked it, I would probably be horrified the amount of hours that I actually put into it. It's yeah. the um, you know the actual block of time that I'm in front of the camera, and then there's the making videos, taking pictures, being on Twitter, interacting with people outside of cam. It's you know it's like any other job you work from home. It's sort of hard to turn it off. Right, you probably put in more hours than if you had a regular job. Yeah, but definitely. you make a good income doing it. You oh, make yeah. more than you would. Uh, oh, well, so so much yeah. more. <laughs> Now, if you if you start, let's say you get hungry during the day and you make a sandwich, do you lose guys, or does some guys want to see you make lunch? Well, actually, I've thought about that. I'm like, you guys, you know, would anyone be into that? And they're like, you need to gain a lot of weight before you get that kind of fetish market. Oh, <laughs> some guys that. like to see girls eat. Yeah, yeah. we just we, there was an article the other day about a woman who makes nine thousand dollars a month by just eating whatever anyone tells her to eat on ham girls. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's a ham girl. That's fat shaming. That's fat shaming. What he did right there. I think I read something in Korea or something. There's a girl who just and she's not fat. She just sits there and like makes food and eats it. Yeah, her. And it, oh, is that that's what I'm is? thinking. Okay, of, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Huffington Post had something about it. Yeah, so I saw and like. And like like, dudes in South Korea with a yes, bunch of money people. will log in to watch her eat because they're lonely. Because like they're, like there's like a giant amount of people who are just single dudes in South Korea. There'd be yeah. a huge market in North Korea just seeing food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't you think the lonely guy thing is more now than ever before? Oh, yeah. Like people, this society that we're in sets it up for the lonely. And the, the weird thing is more guys feel bad about themselves. A guy would be like, oh, I'm balding, I'm gaining weight. And I'll be like, why do you give a fuck? You're a dude. Yeah. What do you, what, that's the whole lucky thing about being a guy. You don't have to sit around and worry about it. Well, I think it's the technology, right? The technology sort of opens you up to so many more people and it makes you see all these other lives that you would never see, and then maybe that makes you feel bad about yourself. Who do, who, who do you look at that would make you feel bad? Brad Pitt? Know. Maybe you have to go that far? <laughs> no, I honestly don't feel you know bad about myself. I I, I like what I do. You know, I I I. You got a cool overweight. job. I have a great job. You know, I have a great girl. I don't make a lot of money, but it doesn't matter to me because I have fun, you know? Right. But at the same time, you know, you always are like, oh, man, I wish I had more money. I wish I had why, more money. Why don't you go and ask for a race? You're, you're a big deal on the, on the internet. <laughs> Start gambling. Yeah. No, I'm looking at I, I, I'm a little freelance. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably a good way to do it. Take your next paycheck. 
Yes, go to the track. <laughs> well, yeah, James started a cam girl service. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Yeah, yeah, do you have a boyfriend? I do. Now, does he... I guess he's in a, a motorcycle gang. Now, does he... <laughs> he looks, it's, no, it's, he looks like he would be, but he's not. He's not. Oh, is that right? He's a big guy? <laughs> yeah, he's really tall. He's uh, long hair and a beard. Uh-huh. And he forces you to do this? You can tell me. <laughs> you can tell me. No, I actually, I was doing it before we met. So really? he's known about it since we started dating. And you didn't meet him through the... No. And that doesn't turn off the guys? Um, no. I mean, the ones that it does, you know, good riddance. Because <laughs> there are She's plenty that adorable. don't care. adorable. You could actually be... You could be in film. <laughs> oh, goodness. Doesn't she, she have is, that thing? Well, but that's the whole thing. I think this point of my movie is like they kind of are. They're yeah. they're the same kind of like in, independent filmmakers in a sense that I am. You know, they're they're conceiving and producing, and marketing, putting out their own content, and having to stay on it to keep their audience. It's, it's very See, similar. See, that's to what a I really did. good reframe. Yeah. This is show yeah. business. Yeah. It's, it's Everybody's in show business. business. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's going to be people like me that's going to take down the Hollywood establishment, and they're taking down the porn establishment. <laughs> you really want to take Welcome. down the higher? Hollywood. I don't want to take it down. It's just useless. It's so antiquated. You know. Yeah. Running around and spending all it your money trying to get the film. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. No, it's it's true. for it's a no, it is. It's, it's a attack him. <laughs> this, what, what? I got to tell you something. This can't be counterpoint, counterpoint. You've got to go in the other direction. <laughs> I got to find you, back. You came in here talking about tent pole films today. Yeah. No, and yeah. I understand that like the way that those movies get made uh, is garbage. But at the same time, I have this weird thing that I'm still excited for them, and I still want them to be good. Me too. Because when Me they're too. good, they're good. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But the fact that we're getting Spider-Man four, five, and six, it's like, come on. When yeah. I'm sure like somebody like Sean probably writes a script that he's like, this is great, but you can't get it out there yeah, yeah, exactly. or can't get it made. Yeah. Because well, nobody wants to spend money on something. like Well, that. with documentaries, they want you to check a whole bunch of boxes with your film. So when you go and ask money from the establishment type people, they want you do you know oh it needs to be this that and the other and you know i'm not looking to do that i don't care i'm making films for an internet audience and i don't care about the you know going through theaters and festivals and all that shit and maybe it won't work but the internet exists forever and if we put these films out like that someone will find them eventually i love your films thanks man um here's uh, liz sets fire wants to talk to us how you doing honey Hey, buddies. Um, I used to actually work for a cam site, not on cam. I'm not brave enough for that, but I did uh, tech support and customer service for the cam girls and the clients. And um, I was just wondering if he goes into that area at all, because it was a really interesting, interesting place to work, and I'd love to see that, that part of it in the dock. Yeah, did you want to bore your audience with tech support? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a cam girl account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were talking about IT people. <laughs> what, what, what are we missing, Liz? What are we missing? We used to have to deal with people calling in. You know, they obviously, if they had wives and stuff like that, didn't want to pay for the charges. They would call oh. in and say, like, oh, this girl said that she was going to fist herself, and then she didn't, so I want my money oh, This back. is, yeah. I had no idea. Oh, wow. I'm sorry wow. I made that call, Liz. I'm sorry, off. that was me. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's guys that will, that will say those things, but those exchanges never took place. They're just trying to get their money back for whatever reason. Wow, so that th exactly. this comes up quite a bit. See, yes. I didn't know. And then we Please would have hold. to go back in and <laughs> we could actually read all of the chat and see what actually took place. And then wow. we could be like, okay, well, she did part of what she said she was going to do, so we'll only refund you half of it. Wow. Angry wives would call in. It was it was definitely an interesting <laughs> job. How, how many guys do you have watching you at any given time? Uh, it fluctuates. It could be five or it could be a thousand. Wow, that much, huh? Yeah. Do you really feel like sometimes when it's like low, you're like, I, uh, what am well, I doing wrong here? 
Why, why yeah, sometimes if, if, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm like making conversation yeah. and people are just sitting there not talking, not tipping, then, you know, why stay on? Try it n- another day or in a couple hours. Now, what's the weirdest request that you had? <laughs> so many. <laughs> um, I had one guy who wanted me to make a video resisting being hypnotized. Like, wow, that's yeah, my thing. It was really that's <laughs> my thing. I was just like, just fight it off. And is it yeah. okay? I asked you to pay attention. You know, stop texting when I'm hypnotizing you. That's really great with it. Yeah, yeah, there's some. Is. Did you do it? No. I, I could, I just, I, yeah. like, things with like a script where like, you gotta say it exactly? Yeah, I just. What I was that Jack that Nicholson stuff. movie where uh, he was so pissed at the girl at the end because she got one word wrong? Oh, yeah. Um, it's the one that he did with Garfunkel. God damn it, I'm driving myself crazy here. Carl Knowledge. No, I'll come to me. No. Cardinal Knowles. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> By right. the way, how can people go see you? As a... uh, you'd search my name, uh, Lily X Rose, on myfreecams.com. Yeah. Now, would it seem weird later if you looked up and one of us was <laughs> in the room? You're just like, I just met them. <laughs> what are um, they doing? I don't know. Just waving a watch back and forth <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> are you trying to get me what during the show, Fezzik? <laughs> no, that's my I thing. have in the past. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. God. Our friendship isn't based on that. <laughs> All right? There's a separate thing. But if you think you're buddies with somebody, right, and then you found out that they kept a set of matches from the first night that you met, wouldn't that come off as weird? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Are they, like, doing, like, voodoo rituals on yeah, them? I don't know or what to like, I mean, guess. Not going to that, like, Lily. Just jizzing on it. Just jizzing on it. I think I just saw Jeff Garland at a Pirates game. Um... Opening day. Well, this. How much longer do you have in your Kickstarter? Uh, we have till Wednesday night, so oh, we better, have we like another this. fifty hours or something like that. We'll uh, we'll we get there. Get, we got to get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get By there. The way, Chris. We find a lot of your uh, a lot of our people, executive producers, even from just being these, doing these appearances. So I really appreciate oh, that's it. That's really great. Mm-hmm. To donate, go to camgirlsdoc.com. That's girls with a Z. Camgirlsdoc.com to donate to the Kickstarter. We're not we're not calling them donations either. That's the other thing we're trying to change. That, we're we're trying to change the culture. Of, of Kickstarter. All right, sorry. You're investing. Yeah, you're, 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 you're pre-ordering. You're pre-ordering. To be a, an investor in Camgirls. Yes. You want to see this? Go to camgirlsdoc.com. That's girls with a Z. Camgirlsdoc.com to be an investor. You're I actually like producing. It. Yeah, there you go. You're, you're, yeah, you could be a producer on this phone. Yeah. I would love to be a big Hollywood producer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> what about you? Do you have any dreams at all? No. Getting away from writing about film and actually making one? Of your own, I'd like to be. I'd produce something just to be on the outskirts and sort of help facilitate other people. I think I could write a movie, but it's not something that I'm like super duper interested in. I got the best idea for a movie right now for Harvey Keitel. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. what is it? Matchbooks. I don't want to fucking give it away. Uh, just I'll just say this: is a fish out of water movie. He's been laying low too, right? He hasn't. <laughs> yeah, played. I haven't seen him much. Well, well, he was in Budapest. Um, yeah, in a very small yeah. scene with his shirt off. <laughs> Did so you cool. like uh, Budapest? I, lo- I loved it so yeah. much. I. I I'm not sure where it goes with the other Andersons. I know you guys were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Because I, I've only seen it the one time. 
and every other one I'm very, very familiar with. And but did it, you, you love this, you said? I did. Okay. I did, too. But I, I agree with you that you got to see it a lot, because there was, like, little things that were taking place. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's, know, and it's, and it's, work. it's so different from his other movies. Like, I, it's like a, Wes Anderson made, like, an action blockbuster, like we're talking about. And, I mean, and he's sort of doing it as a joke. Okay. So you can, you can watch it on, like, the two different levels of it. Here's just the story of this, like, crazy guy. Or, like, Wes Anderson's poking fun at this. Okay. And, uh, and uh, it's, yeah, it's great. It's, I'm looking forward to it. I just feel like I need to take a deep breath before I go in there. Like, we're doing this again? <laughs> yeah, Come on, Wes. Again. You and me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I end up loving it every time. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, I, like, even his bad movies are... He hasn't made a bad movie, but even his worst movie is better than most yeah, everybody yeah, else's exactly. movie, I think. You know what? I wasn't, I, I'm not big on the stop-action thing, though. Right, well, man. I, I think I liked that more than. I know I, that is that is that's one of my favorites. I know you guys are talking about it. Yeah. And you guys did not like. Uh, it, I, was, I think that might have been my favorite movie that year. I like the way they recorded the voices by going out into real locations. Yeah, you know, and like making George Clooney roll around in hay while they record his lines. Like that's great. I, right, I, just, I went to Lily uh, X Rose, and I'm watching right now. She's on a radio show with these losers. <laughs> wow, it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, did anyone ask you how old you were? Because if I had to guess... Uh, no one asked, no. A guess. I would say you? that you were... I'm going to say underage. I like. <laughs> I would not serve you a cocktail without <laughs> I get, checking. Yeah, I get carded all the time. Um, I'm 24. Wow. See, this is why I don't understand pedophiles. Because this, <laughs> this young lady is 24. Because <laughs> you're having all the fun without <laughs> any of the concerns. Everyone happy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, did our comics get here yet? They just arrived. Yeah, they're in reception. They can they can stop in and say hi as we're doing the switch over. Okay. I like the way he does business. Who's that, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris is. Uh, you know, he runs things like that. Mm. He's like a maitre d at some kind of a weird S <laughs> and M restaurant <laughs> where he's just yelling and hand pointing signals. and a lot of hand signals. Yeah, Lily, any S and M stuff with you? Um, not uh, not on cam. Not on cam, off cam. Yeah, that big <laughs> boyfriend of yours put you in a headlock. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it started out for her as an exhibitionist thing, not like a yeah. going for money type thing. So yeah, it started out just for fun, and I saw other people like actually making a living with it. So I was like, I'm now, do what that. made you want to be an exhibitionist? Um, I was born that way. I don't know. <laughs> really? I mean, it wasn't yeah. like something you saw as a kid or... Um, no, I don't think it's any one thing. It's just something that's always been fun. You know, mm -hmm. let's see like how much we can get away with. Right. So. Fez is actually traumatized. I don't want to bring this up because he's... We looked this up today and he doesn't want to say, but this is a special day for him with a zero on the end of it. But we, right. Fez is a virgin and we looked up in the thing of what percentage of people who got to this uh, birthday are still virgins, it's 0.3%, I think. Actually, it might even be 0.3%. Oh, yeah. 0 0.03. Yeah. What's well, a badge of honor at that point? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now going for the record, <laughs> You're just trying world. to survive and be the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, we talked last time about you cam boys, you know. Maybe just get into that scene. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Camboy counts as losing my virginity. Well, you wouldn't be one. You know, you would oh, actually just go and look at others. Checking them out. Yeah. yeah. Cam dudes or whatever. See where it goes, first step. Yeah. Cam dudes with a Z. <laughs> he would like just Sign go, it up. Go daddy. He wants to go to camouflage where he just hides himself <laughs> away from the rest of the world. Blend in with the sofa. Yeah. 
I I think you you turn this around on me though by saying that it's filmmaking and it's oh it's, it's show business show business for sure because I, I thought it was just weird internet stuff but I think it's great if she makes a good living does the IRS ever come after you guys nope. I mean, not they haven't come after me. Yeah, because you do it all correctly. You yeah. just say what everything is. W two. See the wink that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a hassle to you know do all yeah. the stuff because you have to do it just like on your own or find someone you trust. But um, yeah. as long as you do everything properly, you know. Yeah. Do you but. work with any other cam girls? Unfortunately, no. I haven't found any in the. In the so you've always area. only done solo stuff. Yeah. Tri-state area, hit her up. She needs a partner. Yeah. <laughs> it would. Oh, you don't want to say where you live. That would be crazy. That, yeah. See what I'm saying? Crazy <laughs> find, stuff find, like find that. Find me on Twitter or at the My Free Cams. <laughs> so it's uh, Lily Rose. See, these are com- comedians. Sam Morrell and Joe Mackey are here Yo. in studio with us. We're just saying goodbye, but we wanted you yes. to get to meet her. This is Lily Rose. She's a cam Hello. girl. Hey. Hello. What's a cam girl? <laughs> a cam girl is when you're. Uh, like webcam girl? Yeah, like a webcam girl. Oh, okay. And Sean Dunn over here is making a movie about yeah, them. In the meantime, you guys are just trying to get any attention as stand-ups. <laughs> what you really should be doing naked in front of a camera. Well, Mackie does that all the time. All right, though. do you really? <laughs> this guy struts his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a loyal follow base. And, uh, it's yeah. small but loyal. <laughs> now, would this be something that would inter- you know interest you at all, going to a campsite? What, uh, not really. I like the uh, I like the intimacy of someone actually being there. I used to do like the I used to do like uh, you know what do you call it like FaceTime sex in a long distance relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd make like a girl a scene, kind of like dance around and stuff. <laughs> and I was in full control there, and it still wasn't that exciting. Yeah, you know? some weird. There's yeah. something missing. Yeah. You know. But she's making a hell of a living from it. Are you she really? won't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm making 25 bucks of the comic strip tonight. So, <laughs> yeah. so everybody's doing good. You know yeah. what I mean? So everybody's doing well. Um, how old would you say she was? 16? Well, she's, okay. she's 11. So we're all going to be in trouble. She's a pre-tween. So, yeah. How, how old is she? she uh, she's 24 years old. All right. Yeah. How, do you get, how do you get into that? How does... um, you know, the same way you follow anything. I've Bad seen uncle. it on... <laughs> Seen people doing it on the internet, and I eventually found my own way into it through that. I think it's just another form of podcasting, and you guys yeah. have a podcast. Yeah, it is if, true. If you take your pants off, maybe you get you know some more people. I pitched it to it. Joe. He wasn't very receptive, but you know, yes. yeah. <laughs> Joe, I noticed you won't even look at it. You're a little tense. Oh with this. yeah, I'm just a shy person. In general. <laughs> I, I, I would I, I would feel awkward. Like I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're going to teach a comedian how to use a mic, Chris? <laughs> oh, Chris. That was it? Well, I can't. Usually I can hear myself. <laughs> yeah. That's... I don't know. Oh, thank you so much. Joe's a good old boy, you know. He's... That's good. The Sam and Joe Show. That podcast happens every Sunday at Caroline's on Broadway at 9.30 p.m. That's no, a show, that a not the podcast. No, that's a live oh, that's show. that's a live show. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to go there and see a podcast. Nah. <laughs> How's things going at Caroline's? I'm going to be over there to do an unmask with ONA in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good. We did a show last night. It was good. That was a great crowd last night. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I love these guys. You know, I think when we came over here, you guys were our first guests. Am I wrong about that? Were they our first Uh, guests? They were the first week. First week. Okay, so forget the accolades I gave you at all. (laughs) But we've been trying to get you back. Chris is waving things back and forth because everything's blowing up in his life. But if he if, is, is he getting back to you guys? Yeah, were you we're supposed just... to come in for a drinking show one time? 
I was on the road, I think. Mackie yeah. was. Yeah, and I was I was trying to quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, this guy's a fun drunk. St. Patrick's Day. I want oh, to yeah, have a yeah, couple of drinks with Joe. He's a like, fun drinker, though. Yeah, but uh, he's like a Homer Simpson drunk. Can I handle vodka upstairs? <laughs> no, I don't want to start drinking right now. That's this isn't St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I, could have, I, I think he's got a drinking day. problem. He keeps <laughs> promoting the day drinking. Yeah, yeah. He is. <laughs> what's going on? He's very big into day drinking and night drinking. Day drinking is what you just have a hangover at night. There's no, it's no fun. Yeah, but you got a beautiful buzz on as soon as you wake up, though. It feels good. You know what's really embarrassing, though, has ever happened? That you go into a bar and you just start drinking, and then later when you leave, it's dark and you just feel awful. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, that's the thing. Oh, of, like, what have we feeling. been here for? A shift? You know what I mean? <laughs> we go to shift in the factory. This isn't the same bartender we had when we walked in. I, but I think the lowest of all is when you're out all night partying. And then the light comes out, and you're wearing last night's clothes. That's the lowest thing that a, a person can feel. Well, apparently Mackie's ex-girlfriend saw me stumbling drunk at like 5 a.m. home as she was out <laughs> jogging the next morning. Oh, so, oh, that's no, a pretty yeah. low feeling. You don't want to see anyone like a neighbor on the other side. <laughs> she's already exercising. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's how late you're out. Yeah, she, that means she's had eight hours sleep before she runs into you. I know. But for me, always the lowest was I was coming home. Fucking gacked, you know, everything. Just just really a terrible thing. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm at a red light. And I just see these kids and they're at a bus stop. And they're all like fresh and beautiful and young. And I'm there and I'm just like aqua lung. It's just like almost like my, my clothes felt like rags. And I just thought, why don't I kill them? Because my life is already so awful. I just, I just go for the next step. I just didn't want to see anything that nice and and innocent in front of me. So I just yelled out the window, you know there was a 9-11. I always like to see kids and go, they don't even fucking know. They have no idea there was a 9-11. Were you guys in the city then? Were you guys... 9-11? No. Yeah. yeah, I was here. Were you? Yeah. Joe, you were in Penn State at yeah, the time? Yeah, I, I was in college that day. Yeah. I went to school after the plane, the first tower had been hit, and we didn't know yeah. that the second one had been hit, but then they sent us home. My teacher gave me a pop quiz right after we heard about the towers. I'm like, we got like family that lives down there. <laughs> she was a Spanish teacher. I'm like, right. yeah, here in America, we don't do that shit, okay? <laughs> we find out if the people are living, you know? It's true, though. Like, some people, they just didn't seem to take it as hard, you know? And I imagine, I guess. I think it, they didn't know how serious it was. It right. wasn't like, I don't, maybe it was the beginning of cable news or yeah. something, but like, they. It just what people didn't realize how bad it was, and we realized how bad it was. My family all went to donate blood at the hospitals, yeah. and the line is like around the corner. And that's when you're like, "Holy shit, it's awesome to be a New Yorker. Everyone is showing up to donate blood," you know. But you know, there's Joe at State College going, "I hope we beat Purdue." <laughs> <laughs> like, Come on, get it out of your mind. It's been a travesty. <laughs> Joe Mackey and Sam Morell are in studio with us. The Sam and Joe Show happening Sunday at Caroline's on Broadway. Every you Sunday in April. Actual podcast. And Sam's got his podcast, Moonlining with Sam Morrell. And Joe's on every episode. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of the wacky sidekick. <laughs> All right, we're going to give you guys some time. Now, thank you so much, oh, Sean, uh, for stopping thank in. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. And nice meeting you, Lily Rose. Yes. For people that want to... That's your real name. Yes. Sure. LilyXRose.com <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see her. And then Lily Rose on Twitter. Great. Thank you so much for stopping in. Peace and love. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy. It's Channel 99.
This show is available on SiriusXM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand for details. You know when sitcoms do clip shows from previous episodes? Yeah, well, it's kind of like that. This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And it's, um, it's a brand new game that we're doing that comes to us from our new friends uh, from Jamaica. It's the Millers. So it's... Um, you guys are the Millers. I'm Samson Miller, and here's me brother, Orsmouth Miller. Orsmouth? Orsmouth yeah. Miller. Orsmouth. Orsmouth Miller and Samson Miller. Samson Miller, we come from Kingston. You're, oh, you're saying the, it weird. No, the uh, Kingston is the largest city in Jamaica, correct? That's right, Ron Bennington. So you didn't really even check into it too much. You just thought, oh, here's the map. Largest city, I'll pick that. The school system is, is struggling. We, okay. we we did not get a good education, man. All right, now explain to us how the new game uh, works out, Miller Brothers. This is the new game show. See, it's called Jamaican Miswazi. Uh-huh, Jamaican Miswazi. It's like Patrick Swayze. Right. Now... Myself or my brother? Orsmouth? Orsmouth. Okay. You say it, it's weird. It's right. Orsmouth. You be, sounded Irish. <laughs> we'll be reading a quote of Patrick Swayze's from one of his movies. All right, so it's a quote of Patrick Swayze. Quote. Quote <laughs> of Patrick Swayze from one of his movies. Now, if you could... What's I, the name of this game again? It's Jamaican Miss Swayze. Jamaican Miss Swayze. The man is a national treasure. Yeah, for our nation, not yours. Ron, yeah. Patrick Swayze is yeah. like God. And there's Ja, and then there's Patrick Swayze in Jamaica. So they like Patrick Swayze in Jamaica. We love Patrick Swayze in Jamaica. What do you guys do down there? Uh, I see you're each drinking a red stripe, huh? Delicious red. See, I used to be, well, I was a busboy at the Margaritaville in Montego Bay for a while. Mm. Now I, I live by the beach. True. I know that's not true. They'd never let you do that job. Americans tip shittily. Shittily? I live in a hovel, Ron. I oh. just came up to America to play this game show. All right, and the game show's what? Jamaican me Swayze. Okay, so you're saying Jamaican me because you're both from Jamaica. That's true. And yeah. then Swayze because it rhymes with crazy. It's the whole reason for doing this. You know what? It, when you put it like that, yes, but we are big fans of Patrick Swayze. We're huge cinephiles. Okay, huge cinephiles. All right, let's try the first person. Uh, Brian, looks like you'll be the first and last person ever to play Jamaican me uh, Swayze. No! This is terrifying, okay? Hey. Here is the first quote. And the only quote. It's kind of strange, isn't it? How the mountains pay us no attention at all. You laugh or you cry. The wind 
just keeps on blowing. What movie from the legendary Patrick Swayze was that from? Ooh, uh, uh, I'm going to say Roadhouse. Oh, that's no good, brother. Oh, sorry, that's no good, brother. No good, brother. You uh, don't know your Swayze well enough. All right, here's Tim. Tim. Yo. Do you need to hear it again? No, I'm good. Uh, what movie uh, is Jamaican you Swayze? Red Dawn. Oh, yeah, man. It is when a copy of Austell, sent by Eli Roth. Eli Roth. Hostel. Director's Hostel. edition. It's a good prize. Do you mean hostel? Yes, hostel. Hostel? Hostel, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Hostel? Hostel. Hostel? That's what hostel. Hostel? Hostel. Hostel? Hostel. Hostel? Hostel. See, I don't think you guys are getting it right. I, I want to play another round. Of Jamaican me uh, Swayze. Cause Jamaican me Swayze. This is Jamaican me Swayze. By the way, that would have been funnier with just the high voice. I want to hear it. Do you still have that one? Yes, yeah. With the high voice? Upstairs, or his no. mouth got it. Oh, you do guys down air. Here. Air. Here. Air. Go ahead, Orse Mouth. Orse Mouth, what? Don't take all day now. We got to play Jamaica Miss Swayze. Maybe I'm crazy. This is Jamaican Miss Swayze. This is Jamaican Miss Swayze. Give us the If I can put my foot down, that's a hundred times uh, better, or a hundred times better. We that's got to go back to being the new Thief song. We outsourced that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hysterical. Uh, all right, uh, who's reading this one? I am me, Samson Mueller from Jamaica. Me brother. Oh, oh who's that? You guys are related. We're brethren. Yes, my brother over there. Horse oh. mouth. Oh, that's your brother. My brother. 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 I'm You're brother. saying it wrong. I'm his brother. 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 Horse mouth. In this round of Jamaican Miss Swayze, you could win Hoop Dreams, signed by Steve James. Hoop Dreams? Hoop Dreams. All right, uh, let's go and find the next person. This is uh, Scott from Kentucky. Go ahead, Scott. How are you doing? Good, and yourself? Scott, you been to Jamaica before? No, sir. Um, all right, let's just give it a try. Here's your quote. You don't understand the way it is. I mean, for somebody like me. Last month, I'm, I'm eating juju bibs to keep alive. This month, women are stuffing diamonds in my pockets. I'm bouncing on shit and quick. Is that I could be down there again? You don't know what an apostrophe is. <laughs> you want your brother Orse Mouth to read it for you? I, I, I could give it another try. I don't know. Maybe if Orse Mouth has it. <laughs> you don't know the way it is. I mean, for somebody like me. Last month, I'm, 
I'm eating juju bees to keep alive. This month, women are stuffing diamonds in my pockets. Uh, there's a couple times you sound like an Arab there, or smell. Do <laughs> uh, you know what it is? Uh, shit. Nah, I don't, but I'm going to guess Roadhouse. Everyone guesses Roadhouse for everything. Oh, that's no good, brother. No. I know less about Patrick Swayze than I thought I did uh, hearing this game. I didn't know a bunch of these. Um, hey, uh, Cooch. Cooch, you got an answer? I got it. Uh, dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah, man. He just won a copy of Oop Dream signed by Steve James. Steve Jobs? Steve James. Oop Dreams. I, I don't know whether we'll ever play this, Jamaican Me Crazy again. Jamaican Me Swayze. But let's play it one more time. I want to go back to the new song, the new old song, because I think it works better. Maybe I'm crazy. This is Jamaican Me Swayze. This is Jamaican Me Swayze. Give us the movie. That's strong. That is strong. Voice of an angel. <laughs> yeah. An angel in the morning, am I right? I don't know what she even means. <laughs> Raga. Um. Hey, Sean, how are you? You big Patrick Swayze fan? Yeah. Well, this should be easy for you then. These two uh, Jamaican brothers, the Millers. I'm Samson Miller. I'm Orsmouth Miller. Right. Orsmouth and Samson are here. No, Orsmouth. Orsmouth Miller. Ors. Ors. It's Orsmouth Miller. Orsmouth Miller. You're saying it wrong. Uh, now you just got <laughs> Czechoslovakian out of nowhere. Um, Jamaica's very diverse. Sean. Yeah. Listen to this clue. Orsmouth, you better read. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything unless the bar is absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Which, Roadhouse. Oh, yeah, man. Three times in a row, people picked Roadhouse and it finally comes through. It was bound to happen. Sure, sooner or later. <laughs> he just won a copy of Home for the Holidays, signed by Ollie Hunter. Home for the Holidays, signed by Ollie Hunter? That's correct. Oh. Home for the Holidays, signed oh. by Ollie Hunter. Home for the Holidays, signed by Ollie Hunter. No, you're saying it wrong. Horse Mouth doesn't know what he's talking you're about. You're saying it wrong. <laughs> you're saying it wrong. You're doing the wrong accent. Boom, McLeod. Play the song one more time. <laughs> Batty Man. Out. Maybe I'm crazy. This is Jamaican Miss Wazy. This is Jamaican Miss Wazy. Give us the movie. Oh, that was awful. All right, there it is. Jamaican me Swayze. This is the movie. Um, I don't know. What did you guys think of it? What would you give it a letter grade? Oh, I give the Miller Brothers an A. 
Really? Yeah. That's that Melker? Horse mouth character? Yeah. Wow, what a, what a great name on that guy. You know, you might be right. It's We probably should only keep horse mouth. No, I, Samson is just to die for as well. I don't know. They took the read away from him. <laughs> they took his singing away from him. And a couple of times he sounded Czechoslovakian. Horse mouth number one. <laughs> okay. Hey, get out of here. Get out oh, of here. You're, playing, you're, you're doing two characters. That's great. Your time's over, buddy. Yeah. One of them is a person. <laughs> One of the things you're doing is a human. How come you guys didn't include Fez in that? Kind of a triplets. Nothing. I don't I hear anything. I didn't back. know if Fez could do a Jamaican accent. Why wouldn't you ask? He'd like the chance to try. Even though he's not talking now... Somewhere in there, I think he's a human being. I thought he just did wrestlers. Um, well, he did do the world champion. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's it for Jamaican me Swayze. Um, and it's too bad, because it really did seem like it took America by storm. I mean, this. Everyone loves Patrick Swayze. I just didn't know it was so big in Jamaica. If they all love him, why do they say the same movie, no matter what? See, those are Americans. If, if there were more Jamaican callers, they'd be just going through all sorts of great films. They would be saying Black Dog. <laughs> cool Runnings. Um, what is it, LT? Hey, I just called 866-RON-ZERO-OSMOUTH and got through. Okay, there we go. Thanks. They're like a little joke for everybody. <laughs> she did a funny little joke that people could uh, enjoy. She was banned again. Here's a piece up on the iBang where um, I think this vulture put this out. Ted Leo and Amy Mann's depressing TV theme songs. And I never even noticed... That TV theme songs can be a little depressing. Cheers was a little, little down. Yes, that makes this list of songs that's on here. Don't go to the iBang much, huh, Chris? I do. I'm waiting for shelves to just hit play. There we go. No, you got to do it from the beginning here, Shelb. This isn't that do a type of thing. Of, some of our favorite theme songs, hopefully funny and. Uh Cheery, I imagine, but... Well, as soon as we started listening to theme songs, we realized the best ones were really depressing. Yeah. And then we became kind of fascinated with how many really depressing TV theme songs there were, so... So we put this medley together, and it's really just scratching the surface of that world. <laughs> And they're here for a very long time 
They'll have to make the best of things It's an uphill climb So baby, if you've ever wondered Wondered whatever became of me Give me some rope, time and a dream Give me some hope to run out of steam Somebody said it could be here We could be wrapped up tight and dead in a year I can't count the reasons I should stay That's both, and it's true, right? These are really kind of depressing songs. I'm down right now. I didn't realize but how isn't depressing. It's weird that Amy Mann sings anything, and it sounds like an Amy Mann song. She has such a, like, a unique voice and style, and I don't, can't tell if she's oddly hot or just hot. Oh, she's just hot. Yeah. I don't even know where you would get the oddly from. You walked into any fucking, let's say Amy Mann was your chick. And you walked into any room with that, everyone would say to you, um, you're in over your head, dude, or you don't even deserve her. The glasses are very sexy. Everything about her is very sexy, including the way she sings. Where did you get the oddly from? I don't know. I thought there was something. Because with- she has glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that, that did skew me a little bit. You, you know, they always say boys don't make passes that girls who wear glasses, but... I disagree. I think you should make this passes. This is odd to Chris. This is disgusting. Yeah. A hot, tall, blonde <laughs> goddess. Ew. Sound Who like else me. Who do you find oddly hot? Uh, Fruza Balk. Uh, she was uh, the girlfriend. She was in the craft. Why is she odd to you? I don't know. Something. Something seems off about her. Maybe she's crazy. But I think she's oddly hot. She has a giant mouth. I mean, that could. I think she's just hot, hot. Set her up with horse mouth. You won't. You guys aren't going to drop that bit, huh? I'm just going to be just bringing it back up again, as if less reference to whatever. As if it makes any sense whatsoever. I like a good depressing TV show, and I think Louie is that for me right now. Louie is the only show that they show people doing stuff like actual shopping or the fact that he makes food for his kids. And it looks so weird because we're not used to... Like, you never saw Mrs. Brady actually cooking all those years. She just suddenly has a giant meatloaf and mashed potatoes. It's right, already... Got that turkey done for everyone. She's not, like, stirring and scraping stuff off. Look what it is. It's our old buddy Mikey D. Hey, Ron. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's up? Hey, you know, I was, um, I was listening to you uh, before the contest, the Miller Brothers and all that stuff, about that guy freaking out, the Manchester soccer player that they forgot his birthday. Oh, yeah. And um, reminds me of uh, March of 2005, when uh, a certain radio host forgot my birthday, and it started the uh, beginning of the meltdown. Oh, is that what the fight was about? That's how it started. No, I knew it was your birthday. I didn't forget uh, it. The the show, and especially, you know, Fezzi, 
forgot about my birthday, and I was uh, livid, and I went on on the air while you guys were in uh, D.C. And then and, uh, Fez had the meltdown on his birthday. Exactly. Because I remember right after my grandmother Fez was died. going on this long rampage, just screaming. And it was like really the first, no, it was 100% the first Fez crying on the air. But somebody was standing there holding an ice cream cake, like kind of shocked. <laughs> and I was watching it melt during a 30-minute, just uh, angry Fez attack. I think that was Don the Hypnotist. <laughs> it was Don. Hold on for one second. I got to check on my girl here. Shrek love, how are you? Hi, buddies. I'm I'm feeling very very lucky this morning. Tell me the truth. <laughs> I'm really okay. I, I I can handle bad news. Are you dead? <laughs> I amazingly am not dead. <laughs> I saw the picture of the car. It looks terrible. Yeah. What happened? Well, can I tell you the craziest thing? Yeah. I've only been in two car accidents in my life. Both of them, this half, the other one was when I was 16, both of them were at the exact same intersection. I was going the exact same way, and some asshole pulled out in front of me. And isn't that crazy? I don't know if I should go to Vegas or what happened. Something must have happened in a past life to you at that place. Yeah, but both times I walked away when I shouldn't have at all, so... Anyway, I'm shook up and um, feeling for these total horrible neck, back pain issues, but I'm good. I'm really, really good. Make so sure you bring you. that up to your lawyer. Now, <laughs> do you, are you home and they've, have they given you medication? Yes. I, I am on Soma's and I don't know, some other Soma's, things. Soma's, old school with that. Yeah, isn't that funny? So I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks, buddies. All right, sweet. And, I'm so glad you're alive and not dead. Yes, and uh, I don't know, to ask Pepper, am I supposed to go to the racetrack now? I mean, what do I do with do this Do you bus? feel like this is a lucky <laughs> thing? Is she on a lucky streak or an unlucky streak? I'm thinking this is a Final Destination type thing where <laughs> death is haunting her. I never go past that oh, spot. No. Yeah. That's where they're going to take you, that place. Exactly. She said go to Vegas, but you may not ever want to go to Vegas because you just used up all your luck. Just don't drive You're there. not <laughs> dying in the same place. Yep. Here's the important thing. Is your vagina, ass, and breast okay? All of that is looking better than All ever. right, that's fantastic. <laughs> then then we got no worries. Godspeed. Okay. All right, yeah. bye, sweetie. Bye, buddy. Bye. Thank God for being alive. Imagine how bad we'd be crying today. It would be classic awful. radio, because I would come on and I would be like, I hate to tell everybody this, but... At last night, on our way home from work, Shrek was in a car accident. No! There were no survivors. Um, I know that she'd want you to keep listening to the show. I know she'd want you to keep playing Jamaican Me Swayze. But her car went down. Somewhere over the Sea of Japan. <laughs> There were no survivors, well, except for the other driver. He's fine. Why was she driving there? We warned her. She had to get home. She had just gotten her furlough. <laughs> Thank God those titties are okay, though. You know something? Jesus, it's a listener, <laughs> they hear a baby man. say titties, 
is already disturbing. <laughs> I, I never heard you say that before. Because I think that you have zero interest in women. Oh, I got to go back to Mikey D. I left him hanging like a fucking idiot. Mikey, okay. it looks like Fez isn't answering back at all what? today. I, I, yes, I hear the silence. Yeah. Well, at least Rick Love is uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's that. the important thing. That is the important I have thing. been answering that the button has been off in the studio. Oh, do you have the button? You have the button. I, I was talking down. about the sad TV theme song. Fez, did you did you think that we were ignoring you? <laughs> At first, I thought you know because I've been stepping all over people today. So at first, that's what I thought, and then I realized you've been stepping on. I stepped on Chris. I stepped on you a bunch of times. I never noticed that. So and then when I answered Mikey D back, I realized, oh, Brainiac from Jamaica didn't turn on the tap button. I'm not. From Don't Jamaica. give away who the characters are. Fez. <laughs> I'm not. I had to put those You're guys in the, the system. Third wall. Hey, Fez, did they even ask you to join in with that? Oh no, no, it was just all done before I before they even told me. No, they wanted me to help work it out with them once it was all done and play and go over Th it. But no, there was no invitation. I feel totally left out. Thanks for pulling back the curtain. You know what I mean? Because this is like an Easter egg. This is like one of those things where you find out what really goes on. Right, did you want to take the time to apologize to Mikey for over... I can't believe their fight now, according to Mikey... Is nine years. I don't even yeah. remember this. I, I'll tell you what. I know I didn't forget his birthday. I chose to ignore it. So it wasn't a slight of a slip of the mind at all. I don't remember. See, now, that uh, can't be true. That can't be true. Uh, let me just no say this, friction. Chris. I've known you for how many years? Seven and a half years. I can honestly say I don't know what month your birthday is, <laughs> even though we had a birthday party <laughs> for you that fez through. I think it was in the winter. Was it a January birthday? No, it wasn't. When was it? It was August. That was August? Yeah. That does not seem that long ago. When you were running around with the knife and everything? Yeah, cutting that pinata's head off. I Why thought it was you around so fucked up. What were you I think on? I drank a bottle of a liter of Jameson. Fez got me like have a good birthday, drink two liters of Jameson. And you were yelling, It's my day. Yeah, so. it's my special day. Oh, now yeah. you're gonna complain about the party. I'm not Come on, how, how much fucking whiskey can I drink in two hour, four hours? Looks like two bottles of Jameson's. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm on the wrong side of 30, Ron. Well, the thing is, I don't know how I forgot Mikey's birthday because it's the same day as one of my kids. Oh, I know. I always also forget my kids' birthdays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was there was no friction between Fez and I at that point. So Zero. You were best friends. Yeah. No, never. You That's were too, Fez. I tolerated that. him. That's not Fezzy. true. I used him to we get rides to, to work. <laughs> we yes, rides from work, and we used to go out for dinner. Are you, you saying you just used him for that? Day. Yeah, that's all. That's the only reason I even talked to the clown. So I could get a ride to work and not have <laughs> Who's to this clown. Not have to walk down to Roosevelt Island in the cold uh, down into the subway. Oh, that's not nice. So now I never liked him. You Did never you liked him. suspect that, Mikey? Oh, I'm sorry, say that again? Did you ever suspect that he was just using you? I never suspected this. Now this is blowing my whole past. Yeah. You know, it's like... Do you swear to this, Fez? Oh, I absolutely swear to it. Do you swear, and I know... I like, used to cringe when he walked into the studio at NEW. Do you swear that you're being honest on your niece's life? On my niece's lives. Oh, All four on, of them. Fez. You have four nieces? I have four nieces. I had two. I have four. 
this revelation come from now? What revelation? I knew it all along. You're the one that it's being revealed to, <laughs> just like uh, just like on the Swan. I didn't. What's the Swan? <laughs> the the Swan is where they take a really hideous person and then try to fix her up with plastic surgery. I never heard of this show. Like, Could one of the best rally shows. It ever. was on years and well, years ago. You, do you ever remember Joe Millionaire, where they faked a millionaire? I was so into that. They're doing that again with Prince Harry. They got a Prince Harry lookalike. And the girls think that they're going to be on a reality show with Prince Harry. And then later they're going to find out that it's just Fez using them to get rides. <laughs> Fez, you said a lot of awful things to Mikey before, uh-huh. but I think that they'll using him to get rides is the worst. Yeah, that, that, you know. Well, then the truth hurts. Maybe it makes sense now when, uh, you know, he had a clear out from NEW and he asked me to go there and get the boxes with them. And- of course, I didn't have a truck at that point. You know, I've never had to clear anything out of work. I could always just leave. <laughs> like, I've been here for years and I don't have one thing here. No. Nothing. So, Fessy, how did you feel when I was in the, at your house staying over? Wait, counting the seconds for it to be over with. At that point, I caught myself a little in deep and couldn't get out of it. You know, that's not true, man. I, that's absolutely you, true. A lot of people thought you guys were gay together. Oh, no. I got much better taste. You have no taste. <laughs> Why are you whoa, on Mikey's side? I don't you know. got no jizz powder. No, I've, powder been, jizz, I've been jizzing rivers. All right, just stop it. Let's, powder balls. You don't take it off the focus. The focus is uh, Fez and Mikey. Nine years, two best friends have never... Would you like this friendship... To restart, Mikey? It can't restart. It never started. Mikey is who I'm talking to. Yes, of course I would want it to restart. But this is, uh, let me tell you, this is blowing my mind here now. All those years together, hanging out, all being used. We really didn't hang out all that much, uh, other than the free rides. It wasn't just the rides. We hung out a lot. You took me out for my birthday. Yeah, I wanted to keep those rides coming. <laughs> it gets cold in New York. So awful, seriously, Fez. Freezing out there. That's the shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's almost saying, like, when you say to a girl, I never really liked you except for when you blew me. That's how I feel like. Yeah. That's how I honestly feel like now. You honestly feel that way. You shouldn't you... have called in trying to bring up crap. You get the truth, buddy. I would say I'm going to catch Fez in a lie, but I don't think that he's lying. This is from the heart, the dark heart. <laughs> it is. He's an awful person, if that's true. Mikey, why do you still want to be friends with him? Yeah, why? I, I would like to be friends. I mean, I'm not really... You know, because he's a good guy, man. Oh, by the way, i got to have Mikey in soon. i got to give his DVDs back. Oh, his Writer's Guild DVDs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Screen, Actor, Screen Actors Guild has been calling me about it. Oh, have they really? No, no, they have not. Because I lent them to somebody, and they just got them back to me. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you know, I could pull a fez and say I never wanted you to have it, but I'm not that type of guy. I know you're not, and I am your friend. I'm also Fez's friend, so it's always been weird to see two friends. Here's the weird thing. Those two were best friends, and I was like the outside third friend, which, by the way, is where I always prefer to be in any group. You know what I mean? I am the friend that you don't depend on. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the friend that you go, I thought he was going to be here. He's not. But that's just him. Whatever. You know what I mean? I don't. 
we don't care. We don't need him that much. I hate to be the friend who's like, you weren't here. You let me down. I want to be the kind of friend where you're like, I can't call him and ask him to do that for me. We're not that close. (laughs) So now, here's the weird thing. The two best friends broke up, and for nine years... I've been had a separate friendship with both of them. That's so. Weird. I, I've never known them to be friends. It's always been just hatred. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Isn't never, that never weird? In your whole friends. life, you never knew them to be friends. And by the way, they've hated each other. <laughs> well, at least Fez has hated Mikey longer than they were friends. Oh, well, if you add in the time when he thought we were friends, it's Jesus. really long. That's awful. I could show you pictures, <laughs> Fezzy, of us together smiling, and that's genuine. Yeah, that I... is not fake. If that is fake, you are one of the best actors I've ever met. I really should get a Tony for my work in New York. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. New York and D.C. What day are you going to come in to get your DVDs? Because I want to pretend I'm your friend again so I can get a ride that day. Okay. No problem. I'll, I'll figure it out with uh, Chris. With pepper. I don't know about this. I'm, I feel like I want to stay out of this whole fucking. I mess. never stay out of people's troubles. <laughs> I like to be in their troubles. <laughs> Mix it it's up. It's like when you guys look at those two friends together in that picture. Oh wow! How young they both looked. See, Fez was still a Bucks fan. <laughs> Smiling like there was no other smiles out there. And Fez had. A I'm nice gritting my teeth. Up. Excuse me, Fez? I'm gritting my teeth. You don't even see me smile no, on that you photo. Ni- you had a nice chubsy-ubsy face there, too. It was like kind of friendly. Well, I'm going to let you go, Mikey, but it's right. really well, awkward. I guess I won't get any sleep tonight. Are you that upset? I am upset. Okay. If that's the case. Used, used by, by someone that was like one of my best friends. Gee, maybe oh, well. you shouldn't have tried to call in to start trouble if you're going to have that much trouble sleeping over it tonight. Well, I guess you're um, right, Jeff. I guess you're right. uh, I'm on a break here. I'm just just going to go and sulk. I'll I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Now he's gone. Do you swear you really feel that way, Fess? I swear to God. You never were. You were just using him. Yes. That was a very comfortable SUV. I'll give him that much. I've never heard anyone even said using since I was in like elementary school. I got rides to the airport. Are you using me? No, I love you. Ew. Because <laughs> I know he uses me most when he has his heart attacks and I have to go sit next to him in the hospital. Did you go to that? No. See? You're the outside friend. That's the place to be. <laughs> There's no problems in the world there. Ron and Fizz on Raw Dog. Comedy hits. Channel 99. Listen to Ron and Fizz whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. You're listening to the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel 99. Here's uh, Jessica in El Paso. You're on Ron and Fez. Hi, Ron. This is Jessica. Hi, Fez. How you guys doing? Great. Uh, what I was trying to say, Fez, you don't have much to worry about. Uh, don't go looking for something. If you go looking for it, it's not going to fucking happen. People are dicks. Just got to learn it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Don't worry. You're a good guy, Mom. You're you gotta fun. understand something, though. He's fighting the grave for this. I don't know if that was a pep talk or not. You think your problem is you're trying too hard, Fizz? 
No, I'm not trying too hard now because I haven't been going out. So it's been working better for you. So it's less rejection, but uh, but there's no but there's no uh, attempts. Rejection bothers you. Yeah, well, it takes me a while. If I if I see someone I'm interested in, it takes me a while to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then if I get blown off, it takes me a while to rebound from that and talk to somebody else. So it just it just it's a long process with me. So you you get so your, far my entire life. You get your feelings hurt if someone says no. No, it's no I. It's not so much that I get my feelings hurt. I just, I'm like, all right, you're just not offering anything somebody wants. You've got right. to figure that out. Why don't, you try it? Why don't you try it with me? I'm sitting here. I'm watching the ball game at a sports bar. Mm. Hey, who are you rooting for? Excuse me? Who are you rooting for in the game? I'm just watching the game. Just trying to watch a game. So, um... Can I buy you a beer? You have nothing to offer me. You're not a person who has anything to offer. If I was you, I'd go home and feel bad about yourself. Because you're nothing. And I'm everything. I'm standing here at the beer and I bar and I know other people. You, on the other hand, are nobody. Get out. You come back to this bar, me and my friends will laugh and point at you. See, that's what I'm worried about. Why? The go home part. <laughs> well, why are you laughing? If you're so worried, because it's just a, it's an uncomfortable laugh. That you don't belong here. All right, let's try it again. Okay. Mm. Hi, can I buy you a beer while you're watching the game? You sure could. What would you like? Low and brow. All right, I'll get you a low and brow. Are you rooting for anyone here in this game? I am. I'm rooting for the Dolphins. Do you mind if I sit down here? Love to have you sit here. Do you come here to watch all the games? What are you running the census? Are we a couple? A little, of, we a couple of fellas? I got a little too questioning. Yeah. So I said, just let some time pass. Are you talking out loud now? I didn't realize I was still in the bar. Yeah, you're still in the bar. Who do you like in the uh, Bucks Panthers game? I don't watch the Panthers. I watch the Dolphins. Just the Dolphins. Yeah, I've already said that a couple times. What's with you? Well, I'm just making conversation. You're fucking needy is what you are. You're kind of creepy. Get out. Get out of this bar before me and my friends beat the hell out of you. And I'm back out on the bar, out of the bar again. Well, you, you went nuts on the guy. Yeah. You wouldn't let him fucking relax for five seconds. I'm trying to think of what's the way to talk to somebody without asking so many questions. All right, let's 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 try it again. Music, please. I'm just sitting here at the bar. Which game are you watching? Oh, you see the TV right there? I'm watching that one. Oh, the Dolphins. No, that's the Rams. Oh, I took off my glasses before I came over to approach you. you what do you mean, approach me? Just to say hi to you. Look, enough small talk, uh, uh, Butch. Blow me and finger my ass while you're doing it. 
This is Shut moving up! Quick. Do it! Do what I told you to do! This is moving very quickly now. Oh, now you don't like it. <laughs> now you don't fucking like it. There's got to be a happy medium. More on, more fans. This is the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Comedy hits. <laughs> 